Your fever is high and the pressure to log in at work is too. But when you finally decide to take care of you, there's Instacart. Just because that one perfect coworker of yours is attending all meetings, camera on while she's sneezing, coughing, and aching, doesn't mean you have to do the same. Take it from us. Trying to stay on top of things will only get you further behind. Instead, get everything from tissues and teas to cough suppressants and comforting soups delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. If anyone needs anything, they can just redirect their questions to that one perfect coworker. Worker of yours. How powerful is Cox Internet? Powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. US Q3 2023. Wake up! Wake up! Mike Mulligan. So, Devin, obviously the, the Hall of Fame, you wanted to be a first ballot Hall of Famer and you did not get there. You look at your career, they literally changed rules. Because mm-hmm. of how successful you were. I was very surprised, to be honest with you. When you look at the Hall of Fame, you look at the best at the position. Canaan, beautiful punt. As Hester retreats to the 38, and he's past everybody. Except the punter, and he breezes past him, and it's Devin Hester's night to high step. David Haw. How would you describe the way, when you look back and reflect in your career, how you changed the game and what makes you worthy of being that Hall of Fame candidate that you are right now? Because... In reality, I'm the first to ever do it. The the change the game the way I did. The way it's looking now, I maybe be the last. It's Hester trying to work it back to the middle. Gets past the first wave, and here he goes. It's Hester inside the 30. Hester's going to take it all the way for a touchdown. Start your mornings with Mully and Haw. 5.30 till 10 a.m. on 670 The Score. This is the best show on radio. I just wanted you to know that. Let's go. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Marshall Harris, our buddy from CBS, Mr. CBS. And, of course, the Super Bowl's on CBS, and you're sitting in for David again today. Marshall, thank you for getting up with us. It's no problem at all. I was already awake. I was just like, let me, let me roll down, see what's going on down at the old Odyssey Studios. And, uh, so it's a pleasure to be here. Uh, filling in for David. And, and yeah, the Super Bowl is on C. I'm glad you mentioned that. Yes. Shameless promotion off the top. Well, also, over the top ring. Let's go. So Let's that's like a big – it's a big day when you have the Super Bowl on your air. You know, oh. 100 million plus watching live, uh, and then you've got your big primetime lineup. And then, you know, we have the news coming on. We have, like, all the main anchors come in on Super Bowl Sunday, right? So like, oh, is that right? My, Everyone. My, my boy Joe Donlin, wow. Erica Sargent, Albert Ramon will all be there working. Uh, and we all have, like – our big special stuff, right? So I sat down with uh, Kevin Warren to talk ah. about all things Bears back on Friday. And so I was going through all that sound last night and, and, and chopping it down, if you will. Uh, and so I think people will be uh, slightly entertained by the things he had to say about this whole stadium situation and um, being a resource for Ryan Poles and all that. That's a lot of chopping if Kevin Warren is at the podium you know what? in the front thing, of your mic. Like, I like, – I want to say he's loquacious, but he's not. He's just long-winded. Okay. <laughs> but, but like, a joy to talk to uh, and, like, to, yeah. to get his insight and, and, and how he kind of views things. He's a very unique individual. Obviously, he's gotten to where he's gotten because of certain attitudes and uh, 
philosophies that that he employs. But 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 yeah, it's it's just a it's an interesting conversation. I uh, years ago did a story on the '85 team, and uh, and I was talking to Michael McCaskey about it, and he called that team loquacious and garrulous. And I just thought to myself, like, that's why you're not connecting to the fans, you know, using that terminology. Yes. That that vocabulary, that it vernacular just, is not it, the, it the, the way. It's a little too advanced. A little too advanced. Yeah, you look, you look, you gotta, yo, talk to the people in the people's yeah, language. They hit people. I mean, it's not. You don't need a it's lot football, man. to talk about that. It's football, man. Particular team, but whenever I hear the word loquacious, I think of the late Michael McCaskey saying that of the '85 team. And you know, they were characters. There were a lot of big personalities on that team. If that indeed is the way he wanted to say it, but it was pretty funny. That, 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 that That's how he went about. Yeah, yeah, that's if okay. If you're going to talk to the layman, please talk to the layman in layman's terms. That's, it just seems I'm, like. I'm just saying. It's a lot easier. It's a. Right? K-Y-A, know your audience. Mm. Uh, not, not, not too, it's a, yeah. it's a cousin of K-Y-P, know your personnel. Oh, oh. These are all uh, these are all neat things that you know, and I'm guessing Matt Eberflus knows, but I'm not a, you know, I'm I'm a you know, check your zipper guy. I, that's the one that I know that comes in. Well, most you should family. also do that, especially when uh, coming out of the restroom. <laughs> exactly. Please check your zipper. Yeah, yeah. What is that one? X Y P or something? Examine your. Yeah, no, X, that's it. X Y Z. Yeah. Examine Thank your zipper. You. All right, that that's the only one I really know, and I think of that whenever I hear about uh, hits and uh, and by the way, loafs. We haven't talked about loafs. Loafs are of course the uh, the defensive plays that you are bad on, and um, and San Francisco should talk about their loafs. They had some loafs in the two playoff games we've seen them. Certainly against Detroit. They may have uh, had about six loafs on one play if you really examine the tape. But, Molly, they've had the two weeks to clean that up. Yeah, I hope they did. I, and I hope they I, I hope they went after people about it because you just – Because you're in the Super Bowl now and well, this is it. And, and, I mean, you know, the, the old adage is all people – you know, don't throw flags. We don't want to see any slowdowns, any stoppage in play. But you better be – you better be playing pretty hard and gutsy if you're in the Super Bowl. You can't be doing that chase young wave as the guy's going by you or, or whatever that was. God, he was awful in that game, right? Listen, we all have moments. We all have moments. <laughs> we do. Uh, we do. Again, that's just more proof Good and bad. that the Bears went after the right Washington commander to oh. help their defensive line. I think we got, we're all in agreement on that, right? Yes, we. that is uh, that is. One of the big wins that they've had. Um, did Kevin Warren talk about increasing ticket prices when he spoke with you? He did not mention that. He Funny how that he works. He didn't read the letter. Yeah, no, no, he didn't read that. To, <laughs> read that off to me. Yeah, the Bears. Uh, no one, no one defends losing like the Bears, and apparently it's worth charging once you have a, a ten loss season. Uh, look, look, not, not, here, not, here's what who we am under, I to say? Here's what I'll say about the the ticket prices thing. It's not shocking. It's not surprising. What eight percent? Right. Mm-hmm. Listen. The NFL has made it very clear, and that you can use the Super Bowl as the prime example, that they want two things. They want people to watch their games. Yes. And they want the people with all the money to come to their games. Yes. So they're fine pricing you out because they don't care because they know you're going to watch the games anyway. Yeah. It's the people who might not even watch the game that will show up to the game and just be to be seen. 
That's that's what they want to do. So they want to maximize the money on both ends, and and that's what this does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think you're absolutely correct. I and and you know it's a business. It's a billion dollar business. I don't know that you can blame them for it. Easy for me to say because I've been to a bunch of Super Bowls and I'm I'm kind of I don't I don't even know if I'd want to go. To be brutally honest, I I I, I do, let me tell you something. This weekend, unless I'm in a suite. Yeah. And have my own like I'm the guy that like the last time I went to an NFL game that was not uh, where I wasn't in a working capacity. Yes. I literally had my phone out and I had my YouTube TV up so that every time there was a play, I could just watch the replay. It's on a perfect delay. As you know, if you're in a press box, mm-hmm. it's kind of a perfect delay. Like it's oh, not yeah. you're watching it live and then you see what happens and you see the replays. It's my crazy. thing is if you sit in the stands at a football game, they, you're, you're at the mercy of the jumbotron on what they decide to show you. Right. And I don't like watching football that way. I'd rather be on my couch in my comfortable um, apartment, house, whatever, and just enjoying the game that way. Yeah, I, I, um, I am a victim of um, too many games. So I think you probably are the same way. Yeah. You, know, you, you would call it like a busman's holiday. The idea that you drive a bus for a living and now you got to go drive the family on vacation. You know, a mailman going out for a walk. There's just this <laughs> this contradiction to the whole thing. So because I've been to so many games and had so many experiences so experience doing it, when I go to a game, I have these inbuilt expectations. I'm going to get like halftime stats. Someone's going to... I, I recently went to a game at a gym where I couldn't – I had a really bad seat, which I'm totally happy with. There's no such thing as a bad seat if you're at an event. But I could not see the scoreboard. And it was blocked to me, and I literally was like, I don't know what the score – I don't know. I'm trying to keep track of my head. I don't know who's winning. I think they're up by 10. And I'm looking around like, is there anywhere else where the scoreboard is? That is an awful seat you're describing. It was a really bad seat, but that's okay. Uh, But I could not follow what was going on. I had to kind of, I started moving around and ducking so I could just follow the score. I'm just saying no right now. It's like an impossible thing to watch a game. And, And you know what's funny is like any game I've ever played in, like if someone came up to you after the game and they'd be like, how many points do you have? I would be like, oh, I had 12. I don't think you've ever gone through a game where you didn't know exactly what you had done in the game. That's like you're, fair. you're aware of what you're so doing. I had, I had two steals, two blocks. Doing. Yeah, well, you know, I, I didn't defend this, and I, I let that guy get a put back on me, but, yeah, I had 12. Yeah. The, 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 you just know it. You calculate it. I don't know any game I've been to where without – and I don't even realize how much I glance at the score or how much – you need – and that, that is uh, for play-by-play people. That's the cardinal sin. If you're not given the score, let us know, and because you're gaining audience, Especially if you're the, adding. If, if the game's on the radio, yes, and and you're like, you know, you turn on your radio, and the game is on, you're just waiting to hear the score for the first time, so you know where where are you're trying to like get a reset. That's all you want, and and when you come in midstream and you can't get that, you get mad at the guy that's doing yes. the game. Yes. Give me the score. It's it's uh, terrifying, but I I'm just saying. I love to get the sheets they give you. I know everyone just looks at them and throws them out. Not like you're. Oh no, I need that. I, you, I, I, I need, need the book at the yes, end of the game. The but game I'm saying, book. I like it all connected. But you just get the, into these habits, and you know, I, I'm sure with the Super Bowl you got everything there. But if you're at some game and you're trying to 
watch and you can't get a score, it'll ruin the experience for you. What you described just now about no bad seat in the house, I would, it's like, I, I would have been at home if I was at well, a gym. I'd been like, you know what? I don't want to be here if I can't figure out what the score is. It's like a bad dream. It's like, it's like I'm a covering You're trapped. a game. You're trapped. I'm covering a game. I'm on deadline, and I don't know the score. <laughs> They're yelling at you over the phone. That's like a sports writer's stress dream. But I, I lived it recently. And that, and that, you know, look, it's not that I don't enjoy going to games. It's not that I don't like events. It's just if I'm going to spend the day doing something. And when you're covering a game, you get there two hours early because you want to make sure you're there on time. You want to run into some people. You want to have some fun and be prepared and know that you're sitting where you should be and you got all your stuff and you're ready to go. And you don't want anything kind of, you know, if I – if my pen went dry, I've got others. Like, you just have to be prepared. Oh, prepared. And it's like, it's it's actually like walking out of the house. Like, when you walk out of the house. Phone, keys, wallet. That's it. You do, like, a little kind of measure of it. And I think that um, going to a sporting event is the same thing. The way you're really drawing this up, I, I, I agree with all of your points. And I think that discourages me a lot from going to games. Uh <laughs> trying to ruin the no, 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 no. I'm saying, but like listen, that, listen, that listen to what I'm saying. Yeah. Everything you just described is why I very much am like, I'll just sit here and watch this game at the house. Yeah. I, yeah. People are like, do you want to go to the game? I think my exception is baseball because it's it's a more laid back totally agree. thing. But if I'm going to a basketball or a football, I like I have I have almost zero desire to go to a football game. I you know, the the other element for me is especially with the Super Bowl I can't see myself going to a Super Bowl party again ever. I just want to watch the game. I mean I like the idea of having some treats and oh this is nice. A musical act? I don't want to chit chat at at the and you know what here's the other thing. I don't want to watch the commercials and measure them at the Super Bowl. I don't want to sit there and watch the you know the the halftime stuff. I want to like Watch the game. You do. See now you've, you've crossed the line. You've crossed the line. You don't want to watch Usher. No, I, I want to watch Usher. Okay, and I, like, and I, I will to, be in front of the TV for all of it. Because like, I want to make sure that I'm back in my seat and ready to go. We were going to have another type of conversation where I have to start no. convincing you, like the I Kansas saw, City Chiefs are going to win this game. I saw um, Diana Ross at a Super Bowl years and years ago, where she, I, I either she entered or left on a helicopter. Like strapped to a hell, Diana Ross. I, I, I mean, I'm just telling you, unbelievable. Like that—that that is somebody where you're kind of like. How, I went to a news conference where Prince was was doing the news conference, and they came out and they made this announcement that it wasn't true that Prince wasn't going to speak. He would answer any questions. Oh, the one where he, then, he yeah, they asked the then, one question and he breaks and out. He just answered with music, and yes. I sat there. And held the phone up for my wife while he was playing. He was like the coolest thing ever, right? Prince. I went to his house. R.I.P. I've been to his house, too. Super weird. Didn't you think it was super weird? No. I was like, this This is about what Prince, yeah. But they they do this they do this thing where they, they got you in the next to the little cafeteria where he used to watch basketball games. And there's a, he had a gym, which is pretty awesome. And, like, these people behind us are talking like whispering about where he died and where it was up those stairs and he died. Oh, you went after he died. Oh yeah, yeah. So now okay, a museum. So I, when I was well, you went party at Prince's house. That's pretty awesome. Listen, he came out. The only disappointing part. I say disappointing. This is how how spoiled I am. I thought he was gonna play. 
and he didn't wow. play. But he came in like out and talked. Holy I was cow. there for a National Association of Black Journalists convention. He had a private party. No, it kidding. was a uh, it was the uh, the Dave Chappelle effect of you can't bring a phone in here. So like you weren't allowed to have your phone. Um, and it, but it was like it was a kind of a surreal experience. So he had a gym and he had a nightclub. Yeah, it's basically yeah. His his place was basically a, like a, a an did open he, club. Did he, did he go to the night? Did you go? to Yeah, the that's night where that's where I was. That's and and cool. so it was just it was just a very cool and unique experience. And I was like the whole time I was like game blouses. I was like this is, <laughs> this, is, I took, this is it. We went to uh, Minneapolis. I, my kids were fairly little, and you know, it's a very fascinating. Uh, procedure in life where when your kids are really little you're kind of trying to kill time you're trying to get through days with them and then when they get older you're you know trying to hang on to the time and you're desperate to spend days with them because you know they've did you off. uh purify them in the waters of lake minnetonka no we did not. Oh, okay well you're trying to kill time but right? we went there and i was telling them like who prince is and you know his impact on culture and uh, yeah i was telling them the whole story and then you go in there and you it's like they turned it it, it's kind of sad. I guess the family is worrying about the money and all this stuff, and they got all this music that he, you know, he, like that has not been released. Oh my god, he's got like hundreds and hundreds of songs, and I bet some of them are bangers, right? Because it's Prince, but um, but they it's it's like they turned it into you know Elvis's house, right? It's it's just weird. It's super odd the way you walk through different rooms and the way they give you this tour. And they have this thing where you go in and you bow your head and they have like a moment of reflection. And these people are, you know, arguing about where he died. And you know how you know how you overhear something and you're just like, stay out of it. Like, whatever you do, don't say anything. And I just like, I just kind of turned around. And I'm like, I think he died in the elevator. Like, I, I couldn't help myself. I just, I had to say something. You had something. to contribute to that, that I particular had to, conversation? It was awful. Then there was more kind of whispering, and they're trying to do the moment of silence. That is strange because it's not like Elvis has been dead for so long that like it's a thing. It's, Prince is it, like it's just like a it's like a museum. It's like going, you know, Graceland is is it's Graceland. It's weird. I, I mean, it's weird because we were talking about like the packages and TV and stuff. Elvis has has a room downstairs because he heard that Nixon had one where he's got three different TVs. Amidst this, you know, wall to wall rugs. Wow. <laughs> so he's got three screens you can right. watch at once. Pretty wild. Elvis, it, it was very funny because apparently, huge football fan, huge television guy, Elvis would like get up at six o'clock in the evening and then have like a formal meals and stuff. And they're like, you're listening to this on your on a headset as you're going through the place. And the, and the, the guy is telling you. Uh, Elvis always sat at the head of the table all the time, keeping an eye on that television set in the back of the room. <laughs> like, what? Formal dinner, but he's got the TV on. My parents wouldn't let me watch oh TV during dinner. What are you talking about? Like, what are we talking about? Would have hit me with the wooden spoon. <laughs> wow. That's, okay, that's a different <laughs> level of punishment. I, 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 can't, I can't identify uh, with that I was, particularly. I was threatened with the wooden spoon. Okay. I was never beaten with Okay. Good. That means you were. That means you were a very. Uh, I was very scared on, as a child. On brand, yeah. You, you, Terri- you're terrified child. You obeyed your parents. That's all that means. <laughs> Guilt written. It, uh, it happened. Uh, at any rate, back to the Super Bowl. I'm looking forward to Usher. I'm looking forward to the halftime show. What I'm saying is, 
I'm not going to chit-chat during the game, and then, oh, we can all watch the, the show together. That's what gets me. I like to if, – if I could be guaranteed a quiet spot where I can kind of yell at the television and listen to everything that I want to hear. Wait, wait. Do you have, like, a rooting interest that you would be yelling at the television during the Super Bowl? No, I just – whenever I watch a sporting event of any kind – You yell at the TV? I yell at the television, yeah. I mean – what, what are you I yelling at? Are you yelling about like at the refs or like? Oh, it depends on what it is. I will like just yell out loud. Like if I'm watching a soccer game, my kids do an impersonation of me where I yell, have it because it's time to shoot. Yes. And, 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 and I hate when someone misses that moment. So I will scream that. Um, I, I mean, like, you know, I, I mean, I will yell at the officials like that. Oh, you got to call that. You know, you just, if you see something, it doesn't matter if you're rooting on it or not. You know what? Like, this this makes me think you would have been yelling. I'm glad that the uh, Blackhawks game last night started so late. Yes. Because you would have been yelling at them with one shot on goal in a whole period. Oh, my God. Yeah, that's why you don't I, watch. That's you know, why you don't watch, right? I don't, I don't watch. I might have challenged my sleep schedule if Bedard was playing. But, he, but let me tell you something. Yeah. He was not. It was evident. And I'm uh, having a hard time watching. Even I haven't seen him. And they're coming back on February 7th, and I know that. And the game goes on, and I'm like, yeah, look at some of the highlights when I get up. It's just – They're, 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 they're not work. that many highlights, I'm just here to tell you. A lot of lowlights. The Hawks lost last night. 2-1. Yeah. They tied it, though. They came so, like, back. that's the that's the thing. They tied it. Yeah. Here, here's my here, – here, I'm going to be very honest, vulnerable. This is a space, safe space, right? So here, We're here, here to talk. They, they make fun of me at work because here's my deal with the Hawks. The Hawks have this promotion with Chick-fil-A, right? Really? If they score a goal at home in the first period, you get a free chicken biscuit. I will tell you this. I've gotten a lot of free chicken biscuits. And also, that has intensified me Do you watching. need a ticket or anything? It's just in the gonna... app. They just it, just it just appears in the app. If they score okay. a goal in the first period of a home game, wow. it just appears in the app. Now, I tell you this because if you've looked at the schedule, they had 10 games beginning last night in February, and nine of them – are at home. Yes. So I'm like, my uh, odds of getting some free chicken biscuits have, have gone up uh, immensely. I have, I've never had a chicken biscuit there. I've, I've only had one thing there. I actually, it's not true. I've had like the little chicken bites. But oh, the chicken I, minis. Other than the chicken sandwich, yeah, I have never eaten anything from there. And I got to tell you, I, I reluctantly went. For the chicken sandwich. I reluctantly went. I just thought, you know, do we really want to go to this place? Why don't we go on Sunday? You know, I just, oh, you we, got all the jokes, I too. I was making all the wisecracks, and then I had the, the chicken sandwich, and I was kind of like, I'll just shut up and eat. For me, an, an iced tea guy, they have what I consider superior iced tea. Really? And so that's that's usually what I get there. I, I usually just go to get an iced tea. Like really? A person goes to Starbucks to get a coffee. You, you would swing I, by and get an iced tea? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, there's one right here by by my work. So yeah, I know yeah. there's one there. I I kind of know where they're at. Yeah, so so that that that's just the my kids love them. My Blackhawks interest level is spiked because of that. So Brandon, do you eat that? You gave me a free chicken sandwich. I, I oh, he's it. the one who got you the free chicken sandwich. Yeah, he, not not not. I had had one before, but but uh, not my first. But he did give me one, and that gave me an excuse to go get a chicken sandwich. Yeah, it's close by the house. That's why I got it. It's yeah. awesome. Oh, yeah, I thought you. Did it out of love. No, I did, of course. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, Brandon. We all know location, location, location. We we all know what it is. Yeah, I, I got to tell you, I, I, it's good, good, good. I mean, who knew? I, I, it was so fun. Like I, 
I don't think I'd been to Popeye's in 20 years and someone told me about the chicken sandwich. Oh, the Popeye's chicken sandwich is oh legit. Oh, my God. It was it's so legit. good. It's ridiculous. It's it's legit. The whole, where where did the whole chicken sandwich suddenly come from? Because The South. It, oh, no, but I mean, in Chicago, suddenly we've got all because these you, Because it's a bottom line business. They're like, we can make more money if we just... The, the, the yeah. beautiful thing about a city like it's Chicago... No, I'm saying like that... <laughs> That first Chick Fil A was in uh it was in Georgia. Obviously, you got you got I can look. One thing I can talk about is chicken in oh, terms of you got chicken. you got Canes that just opened up on Michigan Ave. You got Canes Bojangles, which I'm waiting for that to come here. Canes just, are the finger type. Things? Yeah, chicken fingers. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, it's about the sauce. So so also Bojangles. Hold on. Yeah, Bojangles. No, I don't know what's a Bojangles. Oh, Bojangles is like so fried chicken and biscuits with like all the sides, like the trimmings, and then their biscuits are just. Top tier. I'm a biscuit guy. I was like, I always tell people when I moved up north because I'm from Alabama. I went to school yeah. in Mississippi, and then I slowly matriculated to, towards the northeast. I went Cincinnati for two years, Pittsburgh for two years, Philly for eleven years, right? And you know, the further north you get, the stronger the need for people to have bagels. And I'm just like, right. biscuits greater right. than bagels. Oh, that's interesting. I, I'm not. I'm not a bagel guy. Like I'm. I like. I'll eat a bagel, but like. I'm at that age where if I'm going to do carbs and things that are bad for me, right. I'm only going to do the things I actually enjoy because it's not good for you. So a bagel is bad. Yeah, bagel, it's, just, it's just straight. It's just straight sugar in your body, right? Because anything that's All a carb just turns to sugar. Just, yeah, metastasize. So like, sugar. yeah. So but but yeah, Bojangles. Have uh, you have you ever been to Montreal? Uh, I have. They do Montreal bagels. and Quebec City. They do bagels. That are beyond belief. They're different. They're smaller, and they're they like boil them not in hot water but in water and honey. They're sweeter. Ooh, so they're sweeter. And then they put stuff on them, and they okay. I'm gonna have to try that. I, I gotta tell you something. I mean, that's a really, really nice piece of food, and it's not like you're eating a giant. Bacon. So that's what I would try. Yeah, yeah, you'd love it. It's very nice. I should order some. I don't know how fast they could get here. It would take a while. It would be here next Tuesday. I think the the Saint Viator, the place you got to order it, and they deliver it on Tuesdays. That's very interesting. We'd have to wait a bit, but you'd love it. It's very interesting. You know, they're so small that when we order them like that, or when my daughter brings them, and you just take the whole bagel and drop it in the toaster and toast it, and you get the same effect of it right out of the oven. That's fair. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's not as good as when you're there, but it's good. I try one. I need it. I, I, we have to talk about this because I kind of fear the South. My experiences fear in the, the South, South. I do. I fear the South. Uh, <laughs> I, I'll tell you about we, it. We can get into all that. I, yeah, I, have, I need yeah, to hear that. I do. I have a major fear of the South. We will, uh, we'll, get to, uh, we'll get to the pick six next. We will pick apart all the big stories of the day. We've got Marshall Harris today. David is out, and it is Mullion Hall on the score. I come. It's Pick 6 with Mully and Haw, where we debate the top six sports stories of the day and then open it up to you, the Chicago sports fan. Call us at 312-644-6767, or you can tweet your thoughts at Mully Haw. Pick 6 with Mully and Haw starts now. It is trade deadline day in the NBA. Do you believe the Bulls will sit out the opportunity, make a small deal, or trade multiple players? Who would you trade if you were given that chance? <laughs> I, I, I honestly, I'd like this question because it's not about who do I want. 
what would I want to get for who? It's just, who would you trade? Oh, you know, I, I mean, I don't think I would limit myself to uh, to anything. I would, whoever is wanted would be my answer to this question. I would trade. I wouldn't worry about what I get back. I mean, I would like to be aware of it. And I would like to add assets, and I'd, I'd love it if they could get something moving forward that might work out for them. But That the, includes Kobe White when you say anybody? Um, I, You know, if someone came and gave me a deal for Kobe White, it, you know, it'd have to be a better deal than they'd probably want to give up. But, yeah, sure, if for the right deal, there's no one I wouldn't trade. I, and and I, I think they – I think if DeMar DeRozan is here, then they failed. I, I just think that his contract's running out, and I don't know how much you want to bring him back, but – you know, technically. Very badly, I'm here to tell you. Okay, but I'm saying technically you could let him go and then bring him back when you got to the – when his contract expired. I, I just – I would trade him. He has value. I would trade uh, Caruso. I think he has the most value. I would trade um, – I, I would – Kobe White is not an untouchable for me at all. I'd trade – I'd literally just open, put the shingle up, open for business. Anybody you want, let's have a talk. 312-555-5555. We are open for business. We are taking your calls. We are available. Who would you like? Everybody is available. Um, I I would, if I was setting the, the, the line on this, I'd put the over-under on Bulls players moved at one and a half. Over-under. One, Molly's saying zero if you're looking on Twitch. There will be at least one move. I, I am pretty sure Andre Drummond by this time tomorrow will no longer be a bull. And I think it could be more than that. It, it's really hard when the answer, my answer is everybody's available because this yeah. team is a 500 team. And this team with, I mean, maybe it's, maybe it's better with Lonzo Ball, but are we ever, we gonna wait, are we waiting around for that? How long are you going to wait Lonzo Ball. The right. guy with the three knee surgeries? Well, I'm just, I mean, it, well, it can't be worse than they are right now with Lonzo Ball, right? But then all of a sudden, what are you doing with Kobe White? Like, if, if you if you bring Lonzo Ball into the mix, it, you know, you know, Lonzo Ball and Kobe White as your backcourt, it's a pretty defensive, you know, mismatch there. Not exactly the best, but I, I think I believe two bowls, at least two bowls, and one for sure. I believe Andre Drummond is not as has played his last game as a Chicago Bull. Okay, I can see the Drummond thing working. Uh, although, if they had ga- more games with the Minnesota Timberwolves, I'd be like, hold on to that man. He's gold. <laughs> Unfortunately, not many people are running out, you know, 7'1", 6'11", and uh, 6'10", uh, the fr- in their front court. Uh, so, the, the question was, do I believe the Bulls will sit out the opportunity and make a small deal or trade multiple players? Uh, let me start with that. I believe the Bulls will sit out the opportunity or make a small deal. Like, Singular, sorry. Singular, as in one. Who would I trade if I was given that chance? Yes. I am on board with what Mully was talking about. I guess what Dustin's talking about. Everybody. Just just blow it up. Blow it up. And Mm -hmm. here's the thing. They're not going to blow it up. No. So just prepare yourselves. Anyone who is listening right now. At 6 in the morning, prepare yourselves for the idea that this team is going to make a hard charge for the sixth seed in the playoffs, and they're probably not going to make it. But they're going to make a hard charge, and they're going to be in the play-in tournament because they're good enough to be in the play-in tournament because, again, that just means you're not one of the worst five teams in the conference. So everybody buckle up. 
If DeMar DeRozan is here, which he should be uh, after today's deadline, get ready for his daughter to make some noise and let's let's get it started. <laughs> I would uh, I'd hang on to Stacey King. Okay, that's good. That's it. He's got the hot sauce, so yeah. Well, that's why. You like a little hot sauce I, in your he, bag. He amuses me. Yes. I, I, he I'm, does I'm a with great that. job than the broadcast. He does. He, he and Adam mean both yep. do a great job. So just but, but keep I, it rolling. I, God bless Adam. I'm only holding on to Stacey. He's my Dang. Why you do Adam like that? I love Adam. I'm just saying. You say everybody can go. Uh, everybody can go it. but Stacey. Because I want to hear what he has to say about it. Give me the hot sauce. <laughs> Start with question. What did you make of Jay Glazer telling us yesterday that? So you would take the quarterback, change. Okay, you know, Caleb and Trey Justin. Because of the financial impact of the decision, does it matter that the number one overall pick will be on a rookie deal similar to a four-year, $38 million deal that Bryce Young signed last year, assuring financial stability? Yeah, it matters. Um, we, we've seen that. I mean, there's, there's kind of one of two ways you can go with this, and there's really nothing in the middle. Uh, you can just go down the line and look at the teams that were in the playoffs this year, and you're either going to pay the quarterback a lot of money, Patrick Mahomes, 10 years, $450 million, or pay him uh, less money because he's on a rookie deal. Now, you're not going to get the Brock Purdy, Mr. Relevant, paying him less than $900,000 this year to go to the Super Bowl. But I think if Caleb Young is their guy, take him and, and, and get – your finances in order and build around him quickly and see what you can do to maximize it Russell Wilson style in the first four years that he's in the league. So I think it, it does matter and assuring the financial uh, stability that that's a big part of that decision, especially knowing you would have to pay Justin Fields big money to keep him as your starting quarterback and kind of the unknown whether or not he's going to get to where he needs to get to with his uh, ceiling being high, but not high enough in terms of the, the consistency, which is lacked of the first three years of his uh, NFL career. Well, it matters, but don't let the dollars and cents get in the way of making this decision. You're, you shouldn't you shouldn't make it based on, it could be a factor, but it should not be the, the tape. Put the tape on, evaluate, and move forward. Okay. You know, the, the, here's the, there's two parts of this. If, every, if we want to play the McCaskies are cheap, game, which everybody seems to like to do, even though I don't agree with that. At some point, either you're going to have to pay Caleb Williams an exorbitant amount of money, or you're going to have to pay Justin Fields an exorbitant amount of money. It's just the way business is done. So don't let the dollars and cents make the pick for you. Put the tape on, interview the players. You know what you got in Justin Fields. Go with your gut, but the money shouldn't be the money should be like third or fourth. You're, you're saying that, but would you pay an exorbitant amount of money to Justin Fields knowing what you know? Today, no, but I can exercise the option and not have to pay an exorbitant amount of money. I still have, it, it, I still have a chance. You know, but, but Dustin, I, I think what you're missing is when you talk about a guy on a rookie deal, you're talking about being a it's, – it, it's, it's a salary cap issue, not an issue of, of whether someone is trying to save money – or be miserly. You have to spend X amount of dollars on the salary cap, and you can spend up to X amount of dollars on. This allows you more money to operate with your roster because you have certainty for four years with the quarterback, and it's it it is tons of time. Justin Fields makes six million dollars next year. He will cost more than the starter if you draft somebody. 
he makes $22 million the year after that. So effectively, he's on a two-year $28 million deal. But you would have to pay him while he's making the twenty-two in order to spread that out over the course of however long you want to keep them. And it's the second contract where these guys gets pay, get paid. So if you're Caleb Williams and everyone's like, you could sit out a year, you don't start the clock on that contract. You want to get in the league, you want to start winning, and then get as fast as you can to the huge second contract. You're not going to give Justin Fields the second contract, as you just said. So... Now you take that time clock and you give yourself enough salary cap room to build the team moving forward, and then hopefully you win a title on a guy's rookie deal, and then you worry about the future later. Now go ahead and ask me whatever you want to ask me, and I'll answer whatever I feel like. Uh, Did you enjoy seeing WGN News reveal the new renderings of the White Sox and related Midwest property proposal for a ballpark that would build built in the 78? Do any of the imagined numbers of up to $9 billion in economic impact or whatever amount of stabilized tax revenue mean anything compared to those cool drawings? (laughs) I'm all about the drawings. All I wanted to do was see the renderings. I don't know how much it would cost. I don't know if it's, your money? if it's feasible. I don't. Well, I mean, if we have to pay taxes on it, I. I but I, I just had a really good moment, and I knew I would when I was like, "Oh, okay, so that's whole play." And look where the ball. If, it, if you foul one to the left, you might get it in the river, but you really don't. You want to hit one. I and, and looking at the little uh, houses they put around it and all that stuff, the big buildings around it. It looked kind of, it had like a feel of not Wrigley, but like maybe, maybe uh, San Diego where they're, they copied Wrigley and tried. I thought the drawing, that's all I wanted to see. And I'm a total sucker and I don't care about the money and all that stuff will be explained to me. All I care about is fantasizing about the idea that they're staying in Chicago, they're going to make money on that they'll put it back in the team they will someday have a hundred million dollar player i mean it was it was glorious i really enjoyed looking at that and trying to figure out exactly where it's at and where's that corner and where am i gonna uh, where are we gonna put haw house uh our new irish pub that we're building there i, I it's just gonna be great yeah i mean do yourself a favor if you're not on social media this is another reason to get on i mean the 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 photos are absolutely spectacular. And having that river access, like to get dropped off via water oh, taxi. They have a water taxi that, in the that photo. Looks, that looks pretty cool. Like, and, and can you imagine, like, the tailgating, like the, the boat gating, if you will. Like, if the Sox got good, can you, like, the picture, the picture <laughs> that I'm looking at currently, there are, uh, four, there are four boats and then three people on, like, paddle boards outside of the new Sox stadium on the river but can you imagine like Cubs Sox on a Saturday afternoon you wouldn't you wouldn't be able to move in that water I mean that water like and there's like a jumbotron it looks like that like you could sit on the water and watch the games you from your watercraft you could be in your little watercraft and you see like a three-legged frog jump on it and the water bubbling up listen that I'm, it, I'm it, just joking. It's all about the renderings, right? Like, because pictures, 
picture paints a thousand words. We'll start with just oh being God. really cliche with it. It's beautiful. But this is very different than what I see every time I go to Guarantee Rayfield. I'll just put it that way. And so, obviously, anything new and exciting is going to get your attention. The economic impact, the affordable housing that would come with it, the the, the other housing, uh, the jobs that would come with it. I don't know about all that stuff, right? All I know is I see a picture of a ballpark that literally is three blocks from where I live, so I could just walk to the ballpark and it would change the neighborhood, if you will. It would change the neighborhood. And so I, I'm excited for the idea of it, right. but I... People start talking about tax burden and everything else. It's like, well, yeah, no, I'm, I, 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 but, but uh, I mean, all I'm saying is, I get it that there was there's a hundred thousand complications, but that that drawing spoke to me. Yeah, it's it's, it's a, it. I, here's what I know: Jerry Reinsdorf got had a sweetheart deal to get what he has on the south side. Are we giving him another sweetheart deal? When does Jerry turn eighty eight? End of the month. Soon. To answer your question. When you look at Sunday's Super Bowl, how many HOFers do you believe will be playing in this game? If you believe Super Bowl wins impact your Hall of Fame status, who needs this game the most to improve their chances of immortality? Immortality, start with that. Uh, it's Kyle Shanahan. Um, good coach, great record. Uh, you got to gotta win chips, though. Andy Reid was in the same position when he was with the Philadelphia Eagles before moving on to the Chiefs, where, of course, he is... Uh, you know, become the fourth winningest coach, I think, of all time um, and and cl- steadily climbing up that chart. And if, if he continues to coach and Patrick Mahomes continues to be Patrick Mahomes and the defense continues to defend, they could, he could continue to climb. Uh, as far as how many Hall of Famers, I, I don't know. Some of these guys are early in their careers. I'm going to say like six. Wow. I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to throw that out there just as a number. I mean, everybody's startling. OK, Andy Reid. That's yeah. one. Patrick Mahomes, that's two. Mm-hmm. Travis Kelsey, that's three. Christian McCaffrey, that's four. Right? Uh, are, are we are we not saying well, that, this plays into the question? Well, now. that's, that's so, what we have to so, discuss. And then uh, I, I he's think, on the way. I think I think there's Let's other get guys. To five and six now. No, what, no I'm saying three, I think there's the other, first three are easy. Okay, I'm saying I think uh, there's probably two more. I just don't necessarily know who they are. We're early in some of these guys' careers. Right. Chris Jones. Has been to the Pro Bowl several times. He's been All Pro the last two years. We'll see. He's he's 29 though, so he's getting kind of up there in age. But he's in his prime. So if he does that for another three years or so, I mean, you just need like a a little bit of a window. Uh, and then on offense, uh, Kyle Juszczyk is so he's a he's like an eight time Pro Bowler, and the fullback position is kind of obsolete. But like if you were talking about fullbacks going to the Hall of Fame, he would be in the discussion. All right, that's, so you got three, no doubt. There's three of them. But McCaffrey, y'all can't give me McCaffrey. Well, here's I think it, it, for me, I think there's too many Hall of Famers, and we'll get to that later on. Well, the, 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 all the Hall of Fames are too big. They're too massive, and they're growing. And they're growing. And I also believe that unless it's a catastrophic injury, you need some bling. You, you need a championship. You need to host a trophy. You need to have the confetti come down upon you to be one of the all-timers, especially if, like if we're going to put Shanahan in the conversation, okay? Shanahan, if you're a coach, a coach, you, no coach goes in without rings. Right. No coach goes in without rings. So that, we'll start there. You know, another guy I hadn't thought about that Brandon mentioned, I'll give him credit for it, Trent Williams. Well, well that's, uh, that, absolutely. Was, that was absolutely. my surprise but, guy. But so he's got to have a ring. 
like I think that that will help him. Christian McCaffrey takes a gigantic step towards the Yellow Jacket with a ring on Sunday, but a loss, he's still in the Hall of Very Good, not the Hall of Fame. I I, I don't think the the in football it's so hard to do because there's so many people involved. I just don't think the ring is necessary. I've, I I know too many people in the Hall of Fame. Back to what you said before, that don't have a ring. So I, I don't know. Yeah, I I think that um, I think that guys that I, you know six isn't bad if you count the two coaches because I think both those guys will wind up in the Hall of Fame. I don't know. I know how much uh, Kyle Shanahan needs a Super Bowl victory to be thought of in that way, but I also know that he I was forty four. Is that what he is? He could. Yeah, he he's could got be, time. He could be at this for another twenty years, and still be you know. How old is Andy? Sixty-four. Yeah, he's now? got he's got several years left as well. So, so I I think that you know you never know how much time is promised you. You know, Nick Bosa is as good a player as there is in this game in terms. I think he led the league in pressures this year. He's a really good player, and if he remains healthy and if he can keep stacking seasons, he feels it feels like he and his brother, provided Joey. good health, could both get it. Um, it, it, you know, when, by the time all is said and done, so I think that you got the two coaches, you got um, obviously the quarterback, you got the uh, the tight end. I think those guys may already be Hall of Famers. I, I think you, you you right now you might have to make an argument against, and you could probably make the easiest argument against Shanahan. I think what Mahomes has done has been extraordinary. And, you know, just getting to Super Bowls and the way he's played. And we talk about, well, let's see where his career ends up. I think he's already. Yeah, Mahomes and Kelsey and Reed don't have to. They could retire at the end of the season. They're all three going to the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So, and then then you talk about Christian McCaffrey and how long is he going to last as a running back and all the toll that that takes on you. I think it's a good conversation to have, like I said, Bosa and and, and, uh Trent Williams, I, I'm telling you, like you get to six fairly easily. Frankly, again, some of these guys, we got to figure out where their career ends up, and, uh, and and I don't know. I mean, let me ask you something. Like we don't talk about Brock Purdy ever. What if he actually won a Super Bowl, and then like years down the line, he came back somewhere else and won another Super Bowl, you know, in a in a kind of Flacco fashion? Wouldn't wouldn't that be one of the great stories. Wouldn't that like challenge the Kurt Warner story as the greatest in NFL history? I, I cannot. I'm not predicting begin that. Begin to just discuss saying. a second-year quarterback being Hall of anything. That's no, all I'm saying. I, I, that's true, especially a guy like him who who probably needs to be replaced. <laughs> what? Wow, what wow. did you say? Wow, I'm you, kidding okay, around. Okay. That was just for the sake of the story. But yeah, yeah I mean, it's a, a it's a big question. The NFL awards will be announced tonight, including the MVP. It's expected to go to Lamar Jackson. If you waited through the playoffs, Patrick Mahomes might be a candidate. Is there anyone else in the major categories whose status would change based on the playoffs? Um, I like the question because I think Mahomes is a great example. I think Mahomes is probably the MVP of the year, of the league, every year. And I think that, you know, I get why Lamar won, and, and he already won. I'll be stunned if he doesn't get that award 
Uh, the only other guy that would be in contention would be Christian McCaffrey. Um, and I think that that's, I think that Mahomes has probably played better. You know, remember, it's hard to believe, oh, he's never won on the road in the playoffs. <laughs> like, come on. That guy's awful good, and he's taken a team that was awful bad, and he's put it on its back for a lot of this stuff. I, I, obviously, they got a uh, great uh, a defensive guy and a great defense. But, it, you know, by the way, Chris Jones, we didn't talk about him. Who knows where he ends up? Um, and and uh, who's the linebacker for uh, Warner? The nine, yeah, Fred Warner is another guy. Could get some votes at some well, point. San Francisco I, better win on Sunday. Well, this is what I'm saying. We got to see how life plays out. But but I'm I'm just being honest. Like uh, as we look at the players that are out there that are going to win these awards, are you giving away? Are you taking back one of the defensive awards because of how well someone has played in the playoffs? I don't think so. I just don't think. I think this is kind of built up. I, I think the only one would be Mahomes. Well. Looking at lists that are out there, and Lamar, so Lamar Jackson wins the MVP. Mahomes isn't even in the top three, which is absolutely asinine. They got, they got five names, and he's not one of them. That's even more asinine. But here's okay. So, if you're the MVP of the league, and you play on offense, yeah, how are you not the offensive player of the year? How does that work? Which that award is supposedly going to go to Christian McCaffrey. I'm confused. If you play offense and you're the MVP, how are you also year, not the offensive player of the year? Quarterback of the year and then and then offensive player of the year. I, I mean, the, the coach of the year. Here's the worst one, though. You, you comeback player of the year. Yeah. You see who's going to win this award probably? Is it? Joe Flacco. Flacco, yeah. Comeback from what? The couch? I mean, yeah. he didn't come back from an injury. He well, came back well, from retirement. Can, but you can well, come back from... Uh, yeah. Not playing as well the season before. That's sure, but I'm just saying, comeback play, comeback player that should not be Joe Flacco. That 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 that's a. You want more games? Yeah, I mean, okay. come back from what? You came back from being retired. Yeah, I, but back. I think that's a comeback. I, I think that's a comeback if the league has has deemed you not good enough to be on a roster or a starter, and then you come but back. How about Baker and you Mayf- start. But how about Baker Mayfield, a guy who's on his fourth team, who led his team to winning a division? I mean, to me, that's a bigger comeback story. You know, the guy was the number one pick on his fourth team, and he took that team to the playoffs. Like, to me, that's more impressive than what Joe Flacco did, just as an example. I would say Joe Flacco plays in a real division and – and Baker Mayfield does not. That's 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 kind of that. No, what's the worst division in football? What's the worst division in football? We're going to judge awards. What is the worst division in football? South, South. Okay, that's that's all I'm saying. Okay, anybody, so, any but, South. But back, I, I take Molly issue said, with a couple of things. A, a couple I fear, of things. I don't fear the uh, football South. Listen, I, the Bears do. But listen, <laughs> I will say this: <laughs> I take issue with this whole Patrick Mahomes has never won on the road. He can't help it if he plays so well in the regular season that he never goes on the road. Those yeah. were his first two road playoff games of all time. He's yeah. fourteen and three all time right. in the playoffs. That's why two was, and zero on the road all so time funny. in the playoffs. That's why it was so funny. I, I, I just I, I need people to oh, give Patrick Mahomes, Mahomes his, his yeah. credit. That's all I'm asking for. Give that man his credit. He is fourteen and three all time in the playoffs. That is an absurd winning percentage. He's the MVP. 
And he's not and he's not in the top five of the MVP. Okay. But well, but he, he had a down year and, and sometimes you, you get compared to what you've done. I don't think that, he, that and that's that's he got to the Super Bowl with a group of receivers that but, are worse than the right, Bears. But, but, wide that's, receivers. but that's but that's, but that's, that's a true. regular season award. And that was my other point. Right, it is that's a regular, a regular season, season award. award. Right. If they vote on it now, it's different. But they don't. They vote on it at the end but, of the regular season. But you can argue, given what's happened, that they finally figured out who they can trust and who they can't trust. And the regular season, he didn't have a bad regular season. Everyone he threw to drop the ball. There were a lot of drops. There were a lot of drops. Yeah, I'm not talking necessarily about a pick six or something like that. Bigs time, 7 a.m., the uh, debut of Bigs this week. Bigs will be on uh, Thursday and Friday at 7 a.m. What did you think of Calvin Johnson telling RG3 on a podcast that he was high in games towards the end of his career? Did you ever play any games high? Yes, I have. There were some games there in my career, man. I was like, I don't know how I'm going to make it today. <laughs> so I, just, <laughs> I don't know how I'm going to make it today. Let me get my mind right. Does that explain his abrupt retirement? Yeah, I think that man was tired of getting hit and That's... just wanted to take it easy, and he'd done everything. He's like, they're, they're going to give me a gold jacket. Why am I continuing to play? I have enough money. Why am I continuing to play? And, yeah, if he wants to chill out on the couch and, you know, do what he needs to do to get his mind right, I don't blame the man. Football is a dangerous, violent sport. And they want to hook you on opioids and want to, at that point when, at which he retired, say you could not, you know, do the other things. Now he could do the other things in peace. And turns out he was doing it anyway. So I, I'm completely with Calvin Johnson, I, I think. It does explain his abrupt retirement, or at least part of it. And I am not surprised in the least that he was high towards the end of his career. He was doing whatever it took to like mentally be okay with the fact that he was about to go out here and get slaughtered across the middle with various quarterbacks throwing him balls that he would miraculously catch. So first of all, at the NFL Honors Awards tonight, they should take the gold jacket away from him because what? he was cheating a, the performance NFL. Performance enhancing drugs. He was breaking the law. He was breaking the laws of the United States of America. <laughs> and he's another one of these guys. He's a coward. He's a he quit. Oh. Why would you put a quitter Wait, in the Hall of Fame? Quit. He Did Barry quit. Sanders quit? He quit. He Did Barry Sanders quit? He quit. Did Barry Sanders quit? Absolutely quit. Okay, yep. they're they're both Hall of so, Famers, and Barry Sanders shouldn't be in the Hall of Fame. I didn't say that. <laughs> We're talking about no. He's talking more about okay. the drug use. Well, well, I texted. I texted a buddy of mine that's from the state of Michigan and a yeah. big fan of the Lions, and was kind of on uh, on the watch, if you will, after uh, what happened. Uh, and them not uh, making it to the big game. Blown leads hurt. And he said, uh, I won't judge. That was the text back. Right. I said, I, I sent him the audio, and he said, I, I won't judge. Well, I'm here to judge, and he would be removed from my Hall of Fame. Are you also the jury and the executioner in this case? I'm just curious. Right during pick six, yes. <laughs> during, <laughs> I love during it. During pick six. Uh, you know, I'm confused by this. Why? What, what's confusing? Uh, I don't view ganj as a performance enhancing drug. I think what what I'm what I'm wondering was he getting high to numb himself and to be able to take the pain of it. Is that what he's Absolutely. saying? Absolutely. That's what I, that's well, how I took. Is that, that how you took it? Yeah, that, no, he said to clear his it. mind for the game. I, I get the I get the after the game to help relieve the pain. Yeah. I think there is or, definitely or there, or the stress that he's about to go into. Yeah, and I think the, the, I mean? the, like, the, or the anticipated be, pain as well. Yes. That's how I took it. I, I, but, I, but, I mean, you're right about the pain after the fact. I'm wondering, though, when he says he'd get his mind right, was that to, like, 
calm down. I, like, I, to not be nervous I'm going not, across the middle, being uh, led by bad quarterbacks from the Lions? That's I mean, exactly right what I was saying. Point. That's exactly yes. what I was but saying. Again, so you not, don't snap. That, that, that's not right. That, then sit out. I, but Have I'm, a hammy. I guess but then I'm you'd saying, say he's a quitter. No, but <laughs> he, he is a quitter. That's, he, is a, he is the definition if of a quitter. If you're on speed and that helps you to get energy and punish people, get, I can understand... I just don't view marijuana as a performance enhancer, so it makes me. I think me... it's different today, though, right? It's not the it's not the it's not the pot of the '60s. You know, well, today's I... pot is much different. Okay, yeah, it's much more refined and much more active and better. That, we're, we're and could be a played. performance enhancer, you yeah. could argue. Well, but my my point is simply, I, it makes me wonder just what it is that he was was how that made him right and what it was that helped him about doing that to get through something. And it makes me wonder if he's gotten help with whatever those issues were, whatever that might be. So I'm trying not to, I don't want to judge him based on solely like here, what is a kind of a funny well, thing that his helmet is Cheech and Chong. Molly, here, here's the, the quote we did not hear in that soundbite. They're blowing up the team. My body is aching. I don't have my range of motion like I used to. I can't get out. I can't dig like I used to. I just don't feel it. There were some games in my career, man, where I was like, I don't know if I'm going to make it today. That, to me, is physical toll. Right. Right. It's a different It's a different way of looking at it. So and do what you need to do, Calvin Johnson. I yes. am not here to judge. I'm yes. here to support you and your, your journey. Only does the judging on the pick six. And we'll get to the extra point next. It's Mully and Haw. We've got Marshall Harris here on the score. Set up this extra point. It's time for the extra point with Mully and Haw on 670 The Score. The NFL Hall of Fame will be announced tonight with Julius Peppers looking like a lock to make it among 15 candidates. Devin Hester and senior committee Steve McMichael have reportedly made it in. Who's next? Bears Hall of Famer to you guys. Okay, so uh, what's great about this question is it's like uh, those old choose-your-own-adventure books they used to read back in the day. Turn to page 33, turn to page 48, and you, you just kind of see where the story takes you. I'm just going to say whatever they choose at number one overall with the draft, that's going to be the next Bears Hall of Famer because I'm an optimistic guy. I'm also crazy. It's also 6.38 in the morning. So who's really going to challenge me on this take today besides the two of you? Oh, <laughs> uh, You're on your own. <laughs> And it's not just because he is a friend of the program, but I think I could make a case for Olin Krutz to be the Absolutely. next Bears Hall of Famer. Mm. You know, I mean, K- 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 Caleb Williams. I mean, sure. I, listen, I would love, I would love to be dead wrong again on who I don't want the Bears to pick. I would love Caleb Williams to turn into a Hall of Famer, assuming that he did that as a Chicago Bear. I'm all, I'm all for it. But I'm not there. I mean, I'm not. Guy's not six feet tall. I'm usually the captain of the under six feet club, as I've been a member of that my entire life here on Earth. <laughs> and um, but Olin Krutz, at least to me, is a guy that was the glue. He's a badass. Plays a tough position. Tough guy. Six-time Pro Bowler. First team All Pro. Second team All Pro. Uh, 100 greatest Bears of all time. NFL 2000 decade All Team. You know. He's a guy that uh, could be a Hall of Famer for that. Again, I think also part of it is based on the 22 positions in the NFL. He is one of the tops that ever played center in the game. And he's over six foot. And he's over six foot, just barely. But 
Six put two. In, that's 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 good yeah, height. Put in those screwing cleats, maybe. Wow. Um, you know, it's not an obvious answer. I mean, you know how much I feel about Olin, and I'd be happy to uh, make a pitch for him and talk about his leadership. And the, you know, it won't mean much coming from me, but I think that that they were very fortunate to have a guy that was the, that way in the locker room. You know, um, that that took ownership of the team and uh, and did all sorts of stuff that kept them together and meshed together and, and, you know, just worked as hard as he did. Um, he was an all-decade player. I think that that would be a guy that I would uh, be interested in seeing get in the Hall of Fame. I, I think, believe it or not, there would probably be some support for Brandon Marshall. And I would not – I would not th- – and it's not because of what he did with the Bears, but mainly what he did in his career – um, you know, is Jared Allen a bear? Do you think of him in that way? As much as I, I love Julius Peppers and, and, you know, what a remarkable story, you know, showing up in the middle of the night to be the first ones to get him and all that stuff. Uh, uh, Julius Peppers, everything about that guy from the minute you met him screamed Hall of Fame. I mean, he's just, he, that, he is a Hall of Fame. Take a look, take a look. But he, but he played really well even, you know, obviously with Carolina, obviously with the Bears. With the Packers, he played great. So that should be embittering for a guy like Dustin. But, yeah, I think that, uh, you know, Hilgi and Olin, uh, I would be very curious to see how many centers are in the Hall of Fame and uh, if that were to be something that could happen. I think I think Olin would deserve it. I mean, I, I hear you on the, the Olin Krutz. I hear you on the – Julius Peppers, the Brandon Marshall to me is a little bit of a stretch. Uh, yeah, it's a stretch. Jared Allen, he's, he's probably going to be there. So he's a wild man, but I don't know that he's. But he, but he played one year, so right. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I, I, don't, I, I don't know if I put him on the list with the Bears. Well, a year and a half, or not yeah. even a, not even a year and a half. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it wasn't listen, there long enough. This just goes to speak to where the Bears franchise is in terms of churning out top level talent and having top level talent on their team. They've had. Good players, above average players, but elite players, there's been a lack over the last decade. Oh, yes, that's a fair comment. I, I mean, guys like Briggs and Tillman and the names you're going to mention, like they're they're Hall of like really good. I don't know if they're quite Hall of Fame yet. Or it, it would be considered that way. And I don't know what I mean by yet because they're not going to get any better. Yeah, they're but retired. It's I, over. Will they? Will they view the career differently? You know, peanut the peanut punch. And the idea that that how you know it was his namesake. It had happened before in football, but he did it so well. And that that is that something that you can make a case for. But as a corner, I'm not sure he was a Hall of Famer. But he did an amazing thing with that. Um, they don't have kickers in the Hall of Fame, really, right? So Robbie Gold's not going to be three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. It's Mully and Haw. We've got Marshall Harris this morning on Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 to score. So first of all, at the NFL Honors Awards tonight, they should take the gold jacket away from him because he was, he was breaking the law. He was breaking the laws of the United States of America. He's a coward. He's a, he quit. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 6-7 to the score. 
David with the rare day off, uh, and, and, and Marshall Harris kind enough to sit in, and we that was our guy, wait, Dustin wait. Rhodes. Was he, he wasn't talking about us, though, right? Because I don't have a gold jacket. No, no. And I don't quit. So. No, he was, he was talking about Megatron. He wants them to strip the gold jacket from him uh, during the Hall of Fame announcement, which is scheduled for tonight. They've changed all this, right? Take the gold jacket, take the, the Matrix from him, you know, oh. the AllSpark. Take everything from Megatron. Yeah. I get it. And uh, it's, it's again, I think Dustin, he sometimes, just for the sake of argument, will give a wacky take so that we can counter it with the correct take. And I appreciate how he likes to take things to the extreme just to, to sort of... Um, you find him to be a bit hyperbolic, just a yeah, little? Yeah, a little bit. I, I don't... I think... I think in his heart he's he's more of a human than he is stripping a guy from a gold jacket because uh, he he needed to smoke a bit at the end of his career or I I don't know when did uh, when did gummies come out I, I don't even I mean maybe maybe he was just having hash brownies I don't even know what the hell he was up to or anything like that I think it's kind of sad that he was at a point in his career where the team sucked where he's getting his you know, butt beaten up while he made all these plays and everything around him was got, it got to a point where it, the game wasn't fun anymore and he was trying to deal with pain, et cetera. That's what I heard. Yeah, it, again, he didn't play with elite quarterbacks. So I, I feel for him in everything, in everything that he had to do. Like, if John Kitten is throwing you the ball, like, you're happy that you're getting the ball, <laughs> like, that he's getting it to you. But you know, honestly, if Dan Orlovsky is your oh, starting quarterback, well, I don't. I, don't, I mean, he was your backup quarterback. I, I don't, and I'm not picking on Dan Orlovsky, but I'm not sure he played that much. Um, I, I just feel when we talk about these things that um, that there are a lot of teams, and I know one that's located in Chicago who went through years of really bad quarterbacks. You know, there are years where different guys were under center. that, And it's not an insult to them, but they were more mediocre than good. And I, I honestly think that when you, when you look around the league and you see the quarterback position, it sort of it underscores that point. This Super Bowl is fascinating to me because you've got a guy, he was the third quarterback taken in that draft, right? Didn't, uh, did, did, did Watson go ahead of Mahomes? Whatever he he wasn't the Bears took the first quarterback and they traded up to get him in Mitch Trubisky, and then when was when was uh, Watson? Did he go next or did he go third? I don't know. I'm not sure. I, I'm, I'll, I'm, I'll I, I can I can get that information for you. Though. Yeah, it's uh, we just get so, the Google machine fired up. And, so in, in that quarterback, but my point is, so he wasn't even the best. He wasn't even the first player taken in the in that draft, but he was the best one. And, and he's on this incredible track. And then you look at the last quarterback taken in a draft. Uh, not only the last quarterback, the last player taken in an entire draft. What was he, 262, something like that? And that guy's starting in the Super Bowl? And that is, you know, you think about all of the mediocre quarterbacks they went through in San Francisco while Kyle Shanahan is there. And they went through tons of them. He, he rolled a lot of different guys out. And he's a good enough coach that his scheme was able to kind of cover that poor quarterback play, whatever. 
And now he he has a guy who who and and I know I'm going to catch a lot of pushback is more competent than great. All right, he he might be. He, he, it reminds me a lot of the Bears going two and two with uh, with uh, Tyson Bagent. That it's it didn't have a lot to do with the quarterback play. It had a lot to do with protecting the defense, protecting the ball, doing things. He played fine, but it was it was not Hold a up. downfield game. Um, I know, I know, I shouldn't compare those two. Yeah, I was like, I, I can't, I can't let you get away with comparing Tyson Bajan uh, to Brock Purdy. But, but he came into the league in a similar fashion. He was an undrafted free agent as opposed to the last player in the draft. I don't think, I think you take a guy like that at the end of a draft because you like something about him. But I don't think you envision him starting in the Super Bowl. That's fair. That's all, I, and I. If people are like, you can't call him a game manager, it's an insult. He's got so much talent around him, and he's done a good job. This game, and you said it early in the week or early yesterday, it feels like. It was a long time ago. I know know working with me is hard. You said it roughly two weeks ago yesterday. Uh, Turnovers, 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 turnovers. What are the Chiefs doing well right now? They're getting the ball. What else are they doing? They're protecting the ball. If they do that, they're going to be really hard to beat. Ditto the Niners. If they don't turn the ball over and they get a turnover or two, you're going to win the game. That's how important protecting the ball is in this league. Well, I'll say this. Uh, First of all, Brock Purdy drafted number 262, Mr. Relevant. He was a 262nd draft pick uh, in last year's draft. Uh, Year before last, I should say. Year before. Uh, don't forget, like everybody's like, oh, the poor Niners, uh, they they're stuck with these quarterbacks. They drafted Trey Lance third overall in the same draft that the the Chicago Justin Bears Fields. took Justin Fields, and he was the third quarterback taken behind Trevor Lawrence, then Zach Wilson at number two. Don't forget about that. Zach Wilson was a created player. That happens at the at the counting combine during the scouting process, and and also I would say that Trey Lance, the reason they took him. They thought he had all these all these abilities. They thought it was like they were taking a blank canvas and they were going to paint their masterpiece on it. And now he's backing up Dak Prescott. He's not even with the team. Yeah. So we made the playoffs ahead of Justin Fields. He was a painted guy that got splattered by the Bears when they when they saw him. All right, we got to get to a break. We're going to bring in uh, our guy Brad Biggs. We'll ask Bigsy for his take on what's happening and is there uh, is there any Bears related sort of lesson to be learned from this game. We'll talk to it's big time next. It's Mully and Haw. We got Marshall Harris this morning on the score. When the whole family comes together to watch the game, nobody wants to miss a second of the action to run to the grocery store. With Instacart, you can get all your weekly groceries in as fast as an hour. Less time shopping means more game time. Let's go. Visit instacart.com to get free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. $10 minimum per order. Additional terms apply. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. 
Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Ram Biggs. Biggs time. Biggs. With Molly and Haw. Biggs time. The Biggs Report. With Brad Biggs. Biggs time. Biggs. His name is Brad Biggs. Brad Biggs talks football with you. <laughs> Molly and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. We've got Marshall Harris from CBS this morning. And uh, David is taking a rare day off, and we are delighted to welcome in the man himself, Brad Biggs, the football man for the Chicago Tribune, a long-time contributor to the program and a valued friend. He, uh, he now is joining us on the Circa Illinois Sports, Circa Sports Illinois Hotline. Brad Biggs is with us. Download the Circa Sports app today. Biggs A! Morning, boys. What's going on? All right. So we're sitting here, and you know, you can't help but look at the quarterbacks that are in the Super Bowl, and you can't help but think about how they got there, and you can't help but look at it through the lens of the Bears. And we're always looking to see is it better to have the who, regardless of who wins the game, these are two different ways of going about it, right? The when the when the Bears famously got Justin Fields, Trey Lance was selected. By the Niners, he's no longer there. Instead, it's Mr. Irrelevant, the guy who was the 262nd pick in a draft, and he's the starter. And then opposite that is, of course, Mahomes, the greatest woulda, coulda, shoulda in Bears history where they took Mitch Trubisky at second, and then he rolls out at 10, and here he is again in the Super Bowl, and here the Bears are again trying to figure out what to do at the quarterback position, does the lesson of this Super Bowl tell you to draft the best player, or does it tell you to build the best team? You've got to have a quarterback to be in the hunt for the Super Bowl year in and year out. That That's the bottom line. And that's why the Bears have uh, – well, that, that's one of the primary reasons why the Bears have not been able to chase the Super Bowl uh, with any type of regularity, right? They had a uh, terrific season back in 2018. That was the dynamite regular season. Uh, they got blown out of the playoffs right away. History, and when I say history, I'm talking the last 15, 20 years. Look at the teams in the in the championship game. Look at the teams in the final four year in and year out, and they've, and they've got a they've got a common denominator and, and that's quarterback. So uh, Brock Purdy, an amazing discovery by the 49ers uh, who weren't um, done in by the blunder of trading up a lot of assets to go from 12 to three to draft Trey Lance. That's the kind of maneuver that would uh, set back a lot of organizations, multiple seasons, uh, they had a fantastic roster in place. They've got a terrific coaching staff. 
and the, the hit on Purdy with the Mr. Irrelevant pick, so really didn't uh, skip a beat. When you talk about Mr. Irrelevant and, and Brock Purdy, Brad, I'm just curious, do, do we give this enough attention, just how fascinating and phenomenal this is that they've been able to do what they've been able to do in two years with him? Because not, not just this year, because obviously everyone's focused on the Super Bowl, but remember, they didn't have a quarterback in the NFC Championship game last year. We could have very well been having the same type of discussion last year when he was a rookie. Yeah, and he had major uh, arm surgery, right? Right. That was a big part of his offseason and a, a difficult position to be in. But, yeah, I, I think I think Purdy's getting all the attention uh, that he deserves and, and the people who have helped develop him have, have gotten – uh, plenty of attention. You know, he threw for nearly 4,300 yards this past season, 9.6 yards an attempt. You know, you look at him and you're like, oh, he's just kind of dink and dunk here. No, like they've got they've got a real vertical uh, passing element to their game, which it it helps when you've got Christian McCaffrey in the backfield as a threat to opposing defenses. But just just a real um, complete team. And uh, not a surprise to see them in the Super Bowl at all. The Bears next season, guys, they have a road game at San Francisco. It's been a while uh, since they've been out to uh, Santa Clara. It's been a while since they've faced the Niners, but they will do that uh, next season in Santa Clara. Yeah, and uh, let's hope for a flood. Let's hope for a lot of rain, (laughs) right? Because that's the... That's how, That's how they, they do well him. against the, yeah, the 49ers. Exactly. Um, when, you, when you look at this game in particular, Brad, are there any takeaways? Is there anything else in this thing that you see that the Bears can learn from? Is there, um, I mean, you know, they already learned the one lesson, get anybody you can out of Carolina because uh, God knows they traded Christian McCaffrey. So Bears got D.J. Moore. A lot of, a lot of gifts being given out by those uh, Carolina Panthers. Yeah, yeah. Unfortunately, I, I don't know that they're going to part ways with Brian Burns anytime soon in Carolina. Yeah, I don't know that there's any sweeping takeaways you, you can really make here. Both these teams uh, have played at times well defensively. San Francisco seems to have had a few hiccups lately, but Kansas City kind of reinvented itself right you look at you go back to the decision that the Chiefs made when they traded Tyreek Hill to Miami and you're like Tyreek Hill's clearly a top what five wide receiver in the National Football League why in the world would you get rid of him well they were having some issues on defense they knew what the cost was going to be to keep Tyreek Hill happy they thought that they could better allocate those resources for their team maybe on the defensive side of the ball and then they leaned on their elite quarterback Patrick Mahomes to elevate the play of the guys he had around them make them a little bit better and figure that he'll be okay with what they can get him at that position that he doesn't need a Tyreek Hill to, to be this elite 
uh, performer at the top of the game. And you, you go back and look at who they had playing wide receiver in the Super Bowl a year ago. I, th- I think his top two wideouts were uh, Juju Smith-Schuster and, and Marquez Valdez-Scanley. Like, and they, it's not like they've done a whole lot to that unit this year. They drafted Rasheed Rice, and he put together a, a pretty impressive rookie season, nearly 80 catches. I think he was just short of 1,000 yards, and he had seven touchdowns for them. But that's a lesson you can take there. When you have the elite quarterback, maybe you don't have to pay a top five receiver in the game and you can reallocate to other areas of need, which in the Chiefs' case was on defense. And Steve Spagnuolo, the coordinator in Kansas City, has done a fantastic job uh, under uh, under Andy Reid. He's... uh, it's basically the head coach of the defense, right? I have a question about this uh, letter that Kevin Warren sent out about. Obviously, the price is just always, they're always going to go up. They're like HOA fees. They, they're never going to go down. Uh, uh, an average of an 8% increase with tickets uh, for next season. And what's also interesting to me is that he announced that their stadium, wherever it's going to be, it's going to be a fixed roof stadium. Not retractable or or open air. The open air, I, I never yeah, considered they, that. Yeah, but but uh, they've been consistent with that all along. That, um, that it's going to be a fixed roof. Yeah. So the 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 ticket prices thing is it at all surprising, or is this about what you expected in terms of how much the prices are going up? I you know I'll be honest with you. I don't I don't sit here in. Uh, January and February, and, and uh, wonder uh, how much they're going to uh, raise the prices this year. They they haven't done it every year, but right. it is it, it like I mean, shoot, I get ticket stubs from baseball games of, <laughs> of going to various stadiums, and y- y- if you looked at them, you know, if you pulled them out of the box and started looking at me, well, geez. I can't believe I could sit at Wrigley Field for twelve bucks there. Yeah, you know? <laughs> I mean, right. the uh, it, they're, they're going to go up. The, the frustration for fans is that they're they're not winning. Yeah. They haven't won. Well, that, that's what I was asking. I guess in relation to so, the winning yeah. or lack thereof. Well, that, that yeah, we, well, you know, right. we said it at the end of year news conference that nobody sells losing like the Bears. They do a great job, right? And they they're continuing to do it with the ticket prices being raised. Well, and they you know they can point to how the, the team played uh, over the second half of the season and the addition of Montez Sweat and and some you know up and coming young players. If they uh, you know if they can go out there and have a winning season and make the playoffs and back it up with another playoff season. Uh, people pay attention to the ticket prices, but I don't think they really they'll really care unless the Bears do something like they did in Detroit, which was a massive uh, ticket increase. But the Lions probably had uh, even more years there where they perhaps weren't touching the the figure for their season ticket holders. When uh, when we look at this um, 
game and you just think about the football reasons for one team or another to win, how do you rate the coaching staffs? And um, obviously Andy Reid, we know the success he's had there. We know that uh, Spags is, as you say, running his own show on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, we haven't talked enough about Dave Tobe and the incredible job he does on special teams, which seems to give uh, an advantage there. Everybody knows what's going on with um, with Kyle Shanahan and how much he needs this victory for his legacy, blah, blah, blah. What do you think about the two coaching staffs and uh, what's the takeaway from the uh, the guys they have running this game. Yeah, it would. Well, it would be hard to like if you're just looking at the coaching staffs. So hard, really difficult to pick against Andy Reid. Just if you're saying, well, which coaching staff do you like here because of the monumental success that he's had in Kansas City, and it, and it's not like uh, he struggled in Philadelphia. Maybe, maybe he was sort of. Uh, in a position where Kyle currently finds himself needing a win for, you know, you talk about legacy or something like that. Perhaps that was Andy when he was with the Eagles. Uh, he's been doing it a, a lot longer than, than Kyle. Like he's been doing it. Uh, he's probably not too much uh, younger than Kyle's father, Mike Shanahan. So in some of the, uh, assistants that Reed has around him with the Chiefs. I mean, these are guys that have been with him for an awful long time. Uh, so you know that they've got continuity. Um, in in terms of uh, Kyle Shanahan, you know, I'm fascinated with um, how he does things offensively. And you, you talk about the coaching tree that's sort of intertwined but with him and and Sean McVay, and and it's popular, and it's spreading around the league. So you kind of want to watch that and study it a little bit. Uh, Steve Wilkes running the defense uh, for the 49ers. And again, you know, for some reason, that pass rush hasn't been as good as it as should good be. As you, yeah, yeah as, as good as it's as good as it's being paid to be. Uh, yes. They they got uh, they've got a lot of ponies on that defensive line and they haven't been running real well lately. Uh, so that, that would be a bit of a concern uh, for me because you, you got to find a way to get pressure on Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Speaking of Mahomes, I mean, we, we've been talking about him a little bit this morning because it, he's just been phenomenal, uh, you know, 14 and three in the playoffs. And yet the, the Niners are favored in this game. I, it, is it is it Brad? Is that crazy to you, or do you see you can see why the Niners are favored in this game? Yeah, that's that's an interesting one, and it's it's close. I mean, it's still a two, right? It hasn't right. moved. I don't no. think it's moved off a two. I, I you look at Kansas City, and there were you've got some uneven games that weren't too far long ago, right? They, they, they went out to Vegas and they lost to the Raiders on Christmas, guys. Like, oh yeah, how awesome. do you uh, how do you do that? They uh, they didn't play particularly well in some of the games that they had won. Like, you go back and you look at the regular season for the Chiefs, and they they rarely 
got to 30 points. You know, you think about Mahomes and the offense and this and that, and sure, they hung 41 on the Bears in week three, but after that, they eclipsed 30 just twice uh, against the Chargers and then in their initial meeting against the Raiders. So you, you watched them and you're like, well, the record's pretty good. This isn't the Chiefs team I'm used to seeing. And so I, I think that has carried over, in the, although they've played well. You've looked at them in the postseason and you've said, hey, that, this is pretty good. But I think that sort of season-long something's off with this offense a little bit has carried over, and that's why you see the Niners um, laying two right now. Brad, I loved your story this morning. You talk about the uh, the Hall of Fame Bears, the guys that will be in the Hall of Fame tonight um, and will be announced tonight, and you talk about how they came to the franchise. I, I always wonder when I read stories like that, did you – did you know that beforehand? Did you know all that information? Did you learn anything as you were writing that story? Excellent story today. Um, I yeah, kind of kind of knew the bits and pieces, and some of this stuff was a while ago, so you've got to you got to brush up on it a little bit. You know the the story that was told really from day one involving Devin Hester was that uh, Jeff Fisher. And the Tennessee Titans had called Devin up when they were on the clock. Hey, uh, yeah, we're fixing to draft you. And Devin gets super excited. And then somehow with you know a minute and change left on the clock, the Titans had a change of mind. They disconnected the phone call with Devin, and they turned in the name of Lindale White the running back from USC who scored a bunch of touchdowns in like three or four years, but was out of the league uh, pretty quickly. So, you know, Devin had had his heart broken uh, in, in round two, and it was about, what was it? 10, 11 picks later, uh, the bears took him and the bears, you know, you're, you're trying to figure out who you're going to select. Your pick is nearing. You've got names on the board. So you're sort of discussing them, and the and the other name with Devin was uh, Ashton Yabodi, a cornerback out of Ohio State. Right. And so it's sort of an exercise where Jerry Angelo, with uh, you know two picks to go until the Bears are up. Okay, you know, make a case for Yabodi. Okay, I want to hear a case for Hester, and uh, he heard the cases for each of the players. Okay, we're going with Hester. And uh, that, that's how they wound up getting Devin Hester. And then, obviously, the middle of the night stuff with uh, with peppers. Peppers. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Well, well the, the crazy thing is it hasn't been too long ago that the NFL would start the new league year yeah. midnight. at midnight Eastern <laughs> or 11 p.m. here. And they also they didn't have the uh, – you know, people call it legal tampering period. Like tampering's not legal. That's the wrong term. It's a negotiating window that is uh, almost three days leading into free agency where agents and teams can talk and you just can't have a deal done, but you, you can 
hash one out, right? You can negotiate. <laughs> so none of that existed. So the Bears uh, really wanted to get Peppers. And Peppers is a rare instance of an elite clean medical no off-field baggage player reaching free agency like you don't see a guy who is on the trajectory to reach the hall of fame just getting out on the open market like it that it's so rare so he's out there after eight seasons in carolina the bears um had struggled right finding edge rushers in the draft. They had traded for Adewale Agunlier. He had done his thing. They needed a replacement. So they rented a private jet and Jerry and Lovey and Rod Marinelli. And I believe they took Cliff Stein along with them, flew to North Carolina. And when the clock struck midnight in North Carolina and 11 o'clock here, Cliff's engaging, uh guy's name was Carl Carey, Julius Pepper's agent, negotiations on the phone. And you know, when you hear about these contract holdouts, it, it took weeks to get a deal done or months or the negotiations, that happens. That's real. It's also real when these deals can be done in minutes. Like if the numbers are where the agent wants them, like that stuff can happen really fast, and it happened to happen pretty quickly for them in this instance. But what happened then and what happened now is when an agent says, okay, that sounds good to me, um, a deal's not done until the players sign the contract. And there's always going to be instances of the agent then calling another team and saying, hey, um, listen, I got, yeah, I got 91 the million table. from the Bears. Right, right. Yeah, right. And so Cliff says to Carl Carey after they, uh, do we have an agreement? Are we good on these numbers? All these different parameters in the contract costs. Yeah, this, this is going to work. This is good. Cliff says, well, it just so happens we're, <laughs> we're here, you know, in the neighborhood uh, of Julius's house, and we've got a private jet. When when he's ready, we'd love to take him back to Chicago. But the first thing we need to do is we need to get his signature on the contract. We just want to, you know, tie everything up and and put a bow on it and and all that. Oh yeah, that's great. So you know, then they find themselves in Julius Pepper's house in in, in the middle of the night. <clears throat> but a perfectly legal you know it's oh, not like sure, they, sure. yeah <laughs> be uh, aggressive be uh, aggressive great stuff yeah. Brad. Well, and you had to yeah those days. have a great day all right buddy that is our guy brad biggs he's the football man for the chicago tribune we'll talk to him tomorrow and get his pick on the super bowl so don't worry we'll get Biggs these thoughts on the big game as well but that's great stuff that's really a lot of fun uh, just investigating, putting together how they got to the team and what the other options were, and and now you got your Hall of Fame announcement tonight. Should we be. call that a uh, Big J journalism. There you go, Big J. Three one two six forty four sixty seven sixty seven. We call that Big Z journalism. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> it's Molly and Haw. We got Marshall Harris here on the school. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale with Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases and shop top mattress brands like Stearns and Foster, Temper Pedic, Purple, and Beauty Rest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval, no minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax and delivery may be required. See store for details. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. (laughs) Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Love the flexibility of working in all sorts of places? Well, working on the go seamlessly requires a strong network like T-Mobile. We have America's largest 5G network, so whether you're on a video call at the park or uploading large files at a coffee shop, we have the 5G speed you need. Whatever takes you on the go, T-Mobile's got you covered. Find out more at T-Mobile.com slash network today. Coverage not available in some areas. See 5G device coverage and access details at T-Mobile.com. You know, I just control what I can control. Uh, I don't is that have hard to do or is it learn? Nah, man, man. I've been doing this for 12 years, man, so it didn't change then, it won't change now. There's nothing I can do about it. If it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, great. Either way, I'm just going to continue to come in and do my job on a night, on a daily basis. What do you hope happens? Hmm? What do you hope happens? I mean, obviously, there's teams calling on you. What do you, what do you... Again, I control what I can control. Whatever jersey I put on, which is Chicago Bulls, that's who I play for now. Molly and Ha, we've got Marshall Harris here from CBS having a lot of fun this morning. That's the voice of Andre Drummond. And today is uh, today's the day. If you don't get traded by 2 o'clock this afternoon, then guess what? Here in Chicago, guess what? You're not getting traded. So uh, we'll get into it a little bit. A lot of people want to talk, and we're going to get to your calls right now. But if you are interested in – I'd love to have the answer to this question, Bulls fans. If this team is the same after 2 p.m. today, are you going to be disappointed? Are you going to be pleased? Are you going to go out and see them win and cheer loudly and hope for anything good going on playing-wise? Or are you feeling like, no? No, this is not the right idea. 312-644-6767. We'll start with Ron is on the west side. Hey, Ron. Hey, how you guys doing, man? Thanks for taking my call. Thanks for making it. So, all righty. So, I'm going to keep it on football since that's what we were t- uh, you guys were talking about okay. until just now. 
All right. So you forgot about uh, Fred Warner, who's only 27 and was is a three-time first-team All-Pro so far. Yep, there so you I go. I, he, I, he said Fred, I said Fred Warner. I, I did say that. We came back and we included him. You're right. Oh, wow. Zach is on the Odyssey app. Hey, Zach. Hey, guys. Uh, thanks for taking my call. Long time uh, listener, first time caller. Um, I'm out here in the D.C. suburbs, and I'm, I'm telling you, I'm listening to all the – everybody drooling over Caleb Williams, mm-hmm. and I, I, I want them to, to trade up to get him because for the Bears, I don't want him. You know, I'm a longtime Bears fan. I went to games with my grandfather when I was six years old. I don't want Caleb. I want them to, you know, I know Poles won't do this because, you know, he doesn't do smart things all the time. I want them to, you know, take Harrison, trade down, and then draft J.J. and have J.J. be the, you know, the heir apparent to Fields. See what Fields can do with Waldron because Waldron, you know, saved Geno Smith's career. So I, I don't understand why, like, this being enamored with Caleb Williams and there's all these other options that can make the team just so much better than just drafting – one guy. So, you know, interested in your thoughts. I, I I have to say this. When people talk about Waldron, quote unquote, saving Geno Smith's career, it's not like Geno Smith took the Seahawks far or really anywhere. Right. So like, well, I mean, I, yeah, yeah, you're saying, well, how good is Geno Smith? Right. I'm asking how good is Justin Fields? Because here's my thing. Here's my thing. You can make Justin Fields better. I don't think he's hit his ceiling. I'm right. with that. Okay. I think he could go somewhere else and thrive probably. Or thrive under a new offensive coordinator here in Chicago. But my question about Justin Fields now is the same question I had about Justin Fields two years ago. And that is, can he process quick enough and get rid of the ball quickly enough to make a difference, to be elite? Elite quarterbacks get rid of the ball quickly and they don't take bad sacks. Now, I'm not saying his offensive line is, is perfect. But I don't know that I believe that he can get rid of the ball quick enough. I think he can make the throws. I think he's dynamic with the dual threat possibilities. But can he get rid of the ball quick enough? I I, I just haven't seen it yet. Have you seen it, Molly? Uh, no. I I mean, here's the thing. I, and listen, I, I I mean, it's so frustrating to talk about because people get so mad at you. I'm open minded. Um, I, I think that I think that Justin Fields, I don't know where you're going with Justin Fields. Period. End of story. Well, you're going to the I bank think, after this season. Well, that that's what I'm saying. I, I don't know that, that you've seen enough. I I listen, could you bring him back for another year and then deal with the quarterback issue in the offseason or in the in you know, next year's draft? Okay. I mean, so you're gonna get what? A couple of Three, depending on how far you move in the draft, you could get a lot of picks and you could get a King's boatload and more this year than ever. Um, you know, I, and I don't know. Are you telling me that if they actually do their due diligence, they would know that that uh, C.J. Stroud should have been the pick over um, uh, over uh, Carolina taking uh, Bryce uh, Young? Young. Um, I would hope. That would be the case. I would hope they would do it that way, but do we do we know? I, in other words, I, I think that th- there's a lot of information that I would need before I made a pick at the number one overall position. I think it's Caleb Williams. I think that's the guy. And if I had that pick, I would use it on him. 
if if I decide it's Jaden Daniels, would I try to move down a little bit? If I thought there was there was a report out there, you want to hear something stupid? And I I know I I tease some calls on the Bulls, and I want to get your thoughts. So we're getting to the phone lines, but there's a report out there. Um, and again, there's reports everywhere, and I forget where this one came from, but I read this and I kind of chuckled to myself. Bears give the number one overall pick to uh, the Chargers for uh, Justin Herbert. So they get the quarterback, they get a guy who's already played in the league, and then Jim uh, can either, he can either, uh, Jim Harbaugh can either trade that pick down, get his, get all the picks the Bears could have gotten, and uh, and then he picks up his quarterback from Michigan along with whatever else he can get. They have the quarterback. Here's here's the thing. It's the, that if is, you have you the quarterback, you don't get rid of the quarterback. It's not going to happen. It's just like uh, it, it Brad is, was just talking about with Julius Peppers. Like you don't let it, somebody of that talent caliber exactly. get loose in free agency. Exactly. What are we talking about? It, if you have a, a competent, above average, Pro Bowl level quarterback or above, you keep that guy and build around him. Yeah. yeah. That's what you do. That's exactly what you do. So I, I think. I think it's time for the Bears to make a decision. And I think, frankly, that, uh, that Jay Glazer is right, that the benefits of having controlled money spent at that position through the rookie contract means that you're going to have more of an ability to build up, bring in things, and be able to compete. So remember, not only do you get the quarterback with the first pick in the draft, you also – would trade Justin Fields and get some things back for him. Let's say, you know, that uh, that, that uh, Mel Kuyper Jr. is wrong and you can't get a first-round pick. You'd get a second-round pick plus, and that would be a lot to, to actually have. All right, we're going to stick to your calls. We'll be back with them. 312-644-6767. It's trade deadline day. It is uh, – 7.40 right now on the score. Well, it's almost 7.41. Now you've done it. Now I'm going to have to keep giving updates as time passes. The point is they got to get a deal done if they're going to get one done by 2 o'clock. Would you rather them not get anything done? Are you going to be mad if everybody is back, if it's the same team at 2.15 that it is at 7.41? 312-644-6767. Marshall Harris is with us. Yep, yep. David's out today. It's Mully and Haw on the score. The biggest player of interest that, that the Bulls will have is Alex Caruso because the fact that he's on a multiple-year deal, team-friendly contract in a lot of ways, that he's going to garner a lot of interest from contenders. But DeMar DeRozan is the player. They, they have him on an expiring deal this year. They've talked about an extension, have not been able to get a deal done. Will there be a contender before Thursday that tries to go get DeMar DeRozan? I think the Bulls are gonna be open for those calls. We'll see if a deal happens, but DeMar DeRozan in his future, either he's gonna get traded at this deadline or they're gonna look into the summer and you either talk about a new contract or DeMar DeRozan could walk for nothing. Those are all the scenarios at play for the Bulls. Molly and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670. The score, David, with a rare day off. And Marshall Harris 
is kind enough to join us this morning, and we're having a lot of fun. That is the voice of Sham Sharania now with The Athletic, and uh, and he's talking about um, potential deals and what you might want to do and what could do. Uh, we haven't heard a lot of DeMar actually getting traded, but we have heard some rumors um, that the, the Bulls could. I mean, Alex Caruso, obviously a very popular player, uh, reportedly, they're asking quite a bit for him. Andre Drummond might be a guy that's traded. I, I have not, I have not heard a ton of rumors regarding uh, Demar Derozan. You know why? Because there aren't any. Because he's not going anywhere. There you go. And that's unfortunate. And that's kind of our question this morning. One of the questions we had is, how will you feel if they don't make any moves? What if they don't make any moves? If we contemplated the idea that they like their team, and even with uh, with Zach Levine uh, getting the voluntary surgery, there um, there aren't big moves for them to make. Whether it be add someone or get rid of a contract or deal with the idea that a guy could be on his way out, and maybe you try to get something before he goes. I'm going through two different feelings. Yeah, the first will be feigned shock. Versus unsurprised. One is much more simple. The other is much more dramatic for uh, entertainment purposes. So let's go with feigned shock. That's what I, that's what that's the feeling I'll have when they don't make any moves. Because again, Arturs Carter Sovas has kind of told us what it is, right? And he's told us what it's going to be, and he hasn't lied yet. No, he said I I want to bring back Nikola Vucevic, and I I believe he wants to bring back Demar Derozan. Yeah. So. If they can't get a deal done by the end of the season, I guess they'll just get it done after the season. Uh, I don't know how many suitors there will be trying to give DeMar DeRozan a big multi-year contract. I feel like they bid against themselves That's... last offseason when it came to Nikola Vucevic, and I feel like they'll be doing more of the same. But if the goal is to win an NBA championship, mm-hmm. is there anything about this team that says they can win the NBA championship? I mean, they, they probably think that, you know, they got an improving player in Kobe. Yes. He made a breakthrough. Patrick Williams could be an improving player when he comes back. They could hit play in time and and have a feeling that they're going to be the Miami Heat. I think the idea, maybe we're in the play-in, but we're going to get in and we're going to win games and we're going to be in the finals, and then we won't have enough. That I think they would love that. Let me ask you a question. Do I believe that's possible? No, no, that's oh, not the question. I already okay, know the sorry. answer. I'm not going to ask you a rhetorical question. Thank you. Uh, at this time, I reserve the right to ask rhetorical questions in the future. <laughs> yes. How right. badly, how badly did it hurt Bulls fans for the Bulls to lose to the Heat in a game that they were winning with under two minutes to play in the play-in tournament and then watch that team go all the way to the NBA Finals. I say that because you know our church is looking at it like, well, they made that run. That could have been us. Correct? Um, yeah, I, I I guess. I don't know. I mean, honestly, what we're talking about here is that they're living in some kind of fantasy land, don't you think? That, that That's the fear, that they think – that what they saw a couple years ago is suddenly going to be what comes to They're fruition. taking Kevin Garnett's anything as possible to the extreme right anything now. Anything possible! 
Because look, anything is possible. Just like we always talk about any given Sunday in an Oliver Stone, sure, Willie Beeman kind of way. That was a great movie. I enjoyed that movie. I, I enjoyed it as well. I, and, and I thought that movie with Adam Sandler uh, that Garnett was in, I thought Garnett was excellent in that movie. Did you see that one? The Stolen the uh, Gems? Is that- yeah, the gambling movie. Yeah. Which, yeah. which I couldn't handle that movie. It made me a nervous wreck, watching a nervous because wreck. Because it was intense. Because he was like so throwing his life away, and you're kind of like, well, this is not going to end well. But that's, that's, that's Adam and Sandler doing a good job in a, a more dramatic that, role. That was a very good – and if you're looking to um, – if you're looking to – if you feel that art is about, about wrestling with emotion, making someone think, that's fine. I just needed more escapism than being – Walking out of that movie like oh, okay. uh, I was well, like well, a nervous wreck. Well, that 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 same feeling—that's yes. what Bulls fans are feeling today as they wake up wondering what's going to happen to their once beloved franchise. Let's uh, bring in Rick. Rick is in Munster, and he's got a thought on the Bulls. Hey guys, it's uh, nice to hear M and M in the morning. I love M and M's, Bully and Marshall. Hey, Appreciate listen, that. Um, listen, the. Uh, you know, the Bulls, Molly, you asked if uh, I would be mad if the Bulls didn't yeah. do anything. I mean, I'm a long-suffering Bulls fan from way back in the day, the start of the, the organization. At this point, it's not anger. It's just apathy. Um, I'm in northwest Indiana. I'm ready to turn my fandom towards the Pacers downstate. Um, Eversley is invisible. Uh, Karnaschovitz is half-hearted. I would just, you know, I, I told your screener – you know, I hate to feel like I'm longing for Gar Pax when wow. these guys have done nothing. And it's like, look, pick a lane. Either I, I just the aspiration to be 500 and competing for the play-in. That's I, that. This is the Chicago Bulls. I don't want any part of that. And I'm I've kind of had it with that. With what they gave up for Vooch, you cannot let. DeRozan walk away. If you get a bag of balls for Drummond, do it. If you can get anything for Caruso, do it. Uh, I love oh, okay, it. Okay. Well done, Rick. I'll say this. The A word Hold is bad. Hold that thought. Hold that thought. We're going to be right back, and we'll hear what Marshall thinks. Oh, my goodness. Anything is possible, uh, including a bag of balls. Oh, wow. It's Molly and Haw with Marshall Harris this morning on The Score. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Imports, Chicago, Illinois. Tacovas is a terrific boot brand, and they're bringing a fresh perspective to heritage boot making. So they've carried forward all the time-honored traditions and quality you find in a great pair of cowboy boots. But they've innovated on comfort, style, and service. As someone who tries to pursue a minimalist lifestyle, I highly value quality over quantity. And I'm telling you, you can't find a higher quality boot than Tacovas. Their Western boots for men and women are handmade. Handmade from the most premium leathers with over 200 time-honored individual steps. 
Also, did I mention that they are Austin-designed, Texas-tested, and handmade down in the boot-making capital of the world, Leon, Mexico? And also, if you've ever wondered if you can pull off cowboy boots, which is something that I was thinking, you should pull on a pair of Tacovas and you'll see. Just do a quick search for Tacovas on social media and you'll see how adorably styled these boots can be. Visit tacovas.com, that's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com, and point your toes west. As we turn the corner into the new year, a lot of people are looking to get healthier. That includes Hero Bread, who have just launched their new recipe using heart-healthy olive oil. Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. All with no compromise on the taste, texture, and bready goodness you expect from your favorites. Now they're listening to their fans and updating their recipe with olive oil, an antioxidant-rich oil that's been shown to reduce cholesterol and minimize the risk of heart disease. Try it today with code HERO10 for 10% off your purchase at HERO.CO. That's code H-E-R-O-10 for 10% off at Hero.co. Nice to hear uh, M&M in the morning. I love M&M's. Molly and Marshall. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah. Molly and Marshall in the morning. That's got a lot of... Yeah, not Marshall Mathers, though. I just want to point that uh, out. Yeah. Yeah. It's... Well, I'm an M&M. And I was first, so knock it off, Marshall. My bad, my bad. I'm just, I'm just letting you know. I, How old is Marshall yeah. Mathers? Who's older? Did he have it before me? No. Well, Marshall Mathers has got to be pushing fifty, right? Yeah. Like, let me let me let me look that up for you because uh, it doesn't. And, matter. and while I do that, our last caller, he was yes. very frustrated. Like, he's fifty-one. Actually, is Marshall Mathers? Oh, okay. Uh, he'll be fifty-two later this year. So, the A word is like. That's the, the you never want your fans wearing the scarlet A on their foreheads because when the apathy sets in, yeah, yeah, that's when you can't have empty. Like, here's my thing with the Bulls, right? It's not like the White Sox. It's hard to say, hey, we've got 20,000 seats in this arena and there's 3 million people here and we're not going to fill it up. That's hard to do. That's like you have to be bad and, and, and not trying and just be really, really bad. So I don't think the Bulls are in danger of not, no, you know having people come to their games. Um, and they play exciting basketball. As, mm-hmm. as a, you know, we talked about yesterday, they, they played more overtime games than anybody else. They're 5-2 and two in those games. They played a lot of clutch games. Um, so they're always hanging around. There's only been a few blowouts this season. Uh, you can probably count them on one hand. But he said something about Arturis Karnasovas uh, and the, the, the front office of the Bulls and the fact that he felt like they didn't have a plan or – you know, they weren't able to really implement something, show something. He he missed guard packs. That's what he said. But here's the thing. They had a plan, and it was a good plan, and for half a season that plan had the Bulls at the top of the Eastern Conference standings. Yes. Yes. Their problem is they are like a large company and that they don't know how to take when something goes wrong and pivot. Their pivot yes. is like a big man from the 1980s. And that's not quick enough. We need a a, a, a big man from now mm. pivoting. And that's not what they're able to do. 
they have failed to adjust. They are continuing to try to drill through hard rock with, at this point, a spoon, a plastic spoon. You're not going to make it through the hard rock with a plastic spoon. They need to find another path to get where they want to go. And the players they have on this roster right now aren't taking you anywhere. And when I say anywhere, I mean to the championship because that is the goal. Uh, what is their record? They're like 24 and They're three 20. games under 500, and They're, they've been about there ever since Zach Levine went down, and they made a nice little run without and, Zach Levine. And you think about it, they like they started the season 4-15, and, and 15, I believe. Yes. So they've come quite a distance in this season. And you're right. I mean, the whole – the whole Zach Levine thing is another story, another – there's nothing good about that. There's nothing good about a guy getting to a point where he's had enough, where he hires a new agent, where he wants out, where you tell him, uh, you know, hey, hold on, he gets hurt, and then you play better when he's not there because I, I don't know how much he wanted to be there. And then he opts for voluntary surgery. That's effectively what's happened here. He's going to try to get his foot fixed and healed and be ready to go somewhere else next year. That, that's effectively what's happened with him. That's not a good story. And there have been some good stories. You know, Kobe White is a really good story. I think the continued growth of Io. Um, Io's look great this season. It's, it's a great story. That's a really good story because that involves – Guys kind of working very hard, improving. Development. Things, develop, player development are, are things you haven't always seen uh, in various sports around Chicago, but certainly with the Bulls as well. So that's good stuff. But, I mean, here's the trade deadline. And you know that, that Zach Levine's not coming back. He's lost for the year. You know what the team you have is. And you just wonder – how do you justify if you don't make any moves? How do you justify? Well, no one. You, you just look. The, the, you've, you did that the last two years. If I had a log of, of, of bites, yes. sound bites from our church car stuff, I can just flip back the pages to, well, our team's not fully healthy. We, right. we need to see what this team looks like healthy. The problem with that same answer now, and he's going to be, he's going to have a press conference later today. Oh, I know. And he's going to talk about this, so I'm, I'm very interested to hear what he has to say. We'll, we'll have a lot of audio on a on a uh, on a Super Bowl Friday. Yeah, about what they didn't do. Yeah, and, I, I, and I'm just saying I don't know how much I want to spend with it. So, so in that book, if I flip back yes. the pages, it's going to talk about the fact that they're not healthy, right? But this is why it's different now, because now one of those players that you're depending on to get healthy does not want to be here anymore. And Zach Levine. Yep, and so one right. one of those players that wasn't deemed healthy the last time we talked about this has had another knee surgery since, being his third yep. since you signed him to a multi-year contract. And Lonzo Ball, who was the linchpin of uh, the fulcrum, if you will, of making everything work, both on the offensive and defensive end. Right. They want to push the pace. They want to shoot more threes. That's what he does. They want to be uh, a high-pressure team on defense. The backcourt of him and Alex Caruso at any given moment – offers that and then Patrick Williams supposed to develop into this uh Kawhi Leonard light if you will it's been Kawhi Leonard too light yeah it, no, it has been the problem Kawhi Leonard's played more games than him this season think about that for a second right so I, I think right now you have to reevaluate 
And I'm not saying you have to blow it up. If you blew it up, though, I would completely understand. But you definitely need to retool. The trade deadline is one of those periods in which you can assess your roster, your needs, and not just needs in terms of your roster currently, but also future needs as far as assets. And that's what this front office needs to do. Will they do it? You have little to no faith that that will happen. No. And and frankly, um, I'll be very curious to see if they can even get any kind of ancillary type of deal done. I doubt it. I just don't. I I think that we're. I think this is just going to be kind of a state of the bulls. You're going to get a feel good about some of the good things that have happened this year, and and there have been like good things. Compa- and we just good morning. All good here. <laughs> That's probably what you're going to get. That we had him on one time, and and it was during COVID, and we were like, hey, hope everything's okay. And he answered that, and Dustin now has made that his own little uh, thing. Way to go, buddy. <sighs> You're not you're not making fun of him. You're celebrating him. I think it's that. fun. I mean, yeah, it's not I making agree. fun of him. I think you know. Good morning. All good here. It's the yes. start of the. It's basically the start of the day on the score. All good here. Yes. yes. <laughs> he plays it at his, his pregame. Good morning. Show. All good here. I I, I love. And sometimes that. I have to say, happy. unfortunately, it's really not all all good here. And then explain why what happened on the court. You know? <laughs> But they, look, they, they they won their last game. They're they're starting a four game road trip, so the trade deadline will take place out, out of town. Yeah, they start with Memphis. By the way, Memphis, Memphis. shorthanded. If you were wondering about Scottie Pippen Jr., watch the game tonight and find out because he's been pressed into action. You're going to get to see Scottie Pippen Jr., who's had a couple of good showings for the Grizzlies of late. And I I am happy about that, and I you know wish the best for Scottie Pippen and his family. I would prefer quite frankly, uh-huh. to, to watch a guy who's a bit of a magician with the ball and who I thought was on his way to being a billion-dollar player before he started carrying guns around. So as much as, you know, the thing that the NBA does better than any league, and, it, and it's very difficult in other sports, you know, in baseball you're wearing a hat, in football you're wearing a, uh, a, a helmet, ditto hockey, yeah, but the NBA – sells the faces of their league. And so when you go somewhere, you know who you're going to see. And when someone comes here, they are there. And you you get they sell their superstars very well. Oh. And I appreciate that uh that gesture. I just wonder if as we look at the Bulls, if we whose face are you selling? Who are you who are you buying a ticket to see? It's Kobe. When they come to town. Right now it's Kobe White. Well, I, I, I must say, I was watching the game with uh, with somebody the other day who was like, who's the guy with the hair? And I'm like, that's Kobe. Kobe? Like, yeah. That's what we call a casual in the business. Well, that is exactly right. No, Kobe Kobe Bryant is gone. This is spelled differently. Different yeah. things. You should, if you're watching a Bulls game and you live in this city, you should know who Kobe White is. And well, if I you agree. don't, and if you don't, that just tells me you're a casual, uh, not just as a Bulls fan, but just as a sports fan. Because you should, you're, you're right. He's been recognized. He's been there what four years now. So like, you should know who he is. But listen, I just want to point something out. This road trip at Memphis, at Orlando, at Atlanta, and then at Cleveland. By the way, the, the Cavaliers are playing unbelievable basketball, by the way. Oh, they've won how many in a row? Uh, it's, Mother of God. It's like four, 14 of their and last 15 well. or something yeah. like that. But it's $2 to get in the building tonight in Memphis. I, I just want to point that out, mm. first off. But also, I like the Why? W- because the Grizzlies have no stars. 
Everybody's oh, hurt. Okay. Um, Two dollars. John Morant's been out. Well, John Morant. Uh, he's been, out for the season. He was suspended, and now he's injured. That's yeah, what I'm yeah. saying. I'd rather watch him play. And the, the reigning defensive player of the year, he's hurt. I think he's questionable for tonight as well. Mm. Um, Jaron Jackson Jr. And then it goes Orlando, who's been having a better year, but you know they're not yeah. unbeatable. Atlanta, that's high octane every time the Bulls and the Hawks play yep. each other. Yep. And then they have Very to play young. Cleveland. This I like this road trip because it kind of builds up to like the toughest opponent at the end. And maybe, because there's no back-to-backs on this trip, maybe the Bulls can make something happen on the court. I think what I'm hearing is you believe the 500 Bulls are ready to hammer Cleveland. Did <sighs> I hear that correctly? No, because they're three games under 500. It's they're a four-game trip. They're going to three games, and then they're going into Cleveland. Oh, oh you're saying they could be 500. Oh, yeah, they, could, they could be 500. They could be hard to win on the road. Real- they could be 500 going into the Cleveland. Reality hits, though, because they come back and play Boston at home, and then they go to New Orleans, and that's just yeah, that's, that's a tall fun. order. Uh, Boston, though, they are uh, sometimes – not interested. Boston may come in and just be like, ho hum, we're in Chicago. Let's get a good meal and not play hard. I want to believe you, <laughs> but the fact that they got hammered by 27 yeah, the last I time know, they saw Boston makes me think that that's probably not the way that that's going to go. Uh, but look, look, look. If tomorrow we're talking about the Bulls making deals, I think everybody will have kind of a revelatory sigh of relief. Like, okay, they do understand that there's a problem. I think the majority of actual Bulls fans, their problem with what's going on right now is they don't like the fact that the front office isn't admitting that there's a problem. Like, okay, it's just going on in the same way we've been yeah. doing things. And, and if they stop that cycle, Bulls fans will be okay with it. If they don't, the same frustrations will arise. And then that A word I told you we don't like to use – because that's the, that's what you don't want from your fan base. That's that's what sets in. Yeah, I I wonder if they get over five hundred, if you'll feel differently about them. And I don't mean I, I think absolutely I mean Bulls fans. There, there's there's yeah. a lot of different reasons that if they can get over five hundred, not exactly. to five hundred, but yep. if they get over five hundred, because now it might now, not happen immediately, but eventually. But if you get over five hundred now, yep. you're actually within striking distance of, of a actual playoff, playoff spot. spot. Yeah. And that's different from being in a play-in situation. I agree. I agree. Different deal altogether. All right. 312-644-6767. I still want to know if anyone's going to be mad. And and the A word we talked about, you know, the idea that um, you just don't care anymore whether they make a trade or not, that's the worst thing. That's the yeah. worst position, as you say, that you can be in. Um, I But I do think – that the Bulls are st- they're unlikely to do much, frankly. But they're more likely to get rid of somebody than they are to try to get some. I don't think this is going to be a situation where we have a conversation tomorrow about now they're definitely getting over 500. Now they are in the playoff. Hunt. I can't think of anything that they could acquire I, that's been made available that they could get to push them over 500. No. I think the players on their actual roster – like Patrick Williams coming back healthy and some other factors yeah. would play a much bigger role in them getting over 500 than them going out and getting anything. <laughs> I That's what I believe. Uh, I mean, would it be worth driving? How, how long does it take to get to Memphis? Five hours? Maybe you hit Graceland on the way home. Is it eight hours? How, how far is Memphis? I think Memphis is a little further than you think. Is it? Yeah. I've done the drive. I want to say, like, say it's at least seven. Oh, boy. Okay, then it's not worth it to just go spend $2 for a game and come home. 
No, no, you don't. You, you don't want to do that. I, 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 again, back to going to games versus. Yeah. I'll just go ahead and watch on my couch. Or I guess <laughs> tonight I'll be there. at work. I'll be at work. All right, you work it tonight, and you'll be able to. You know, the beauty of working in the sports world is you have to watch it. You know, you have to watch the game. I remember one time uh, working at the Sun Times, and a call came in. The guy answered the phone. I I can't do that, sir. I'm monitoring the Cubs game. <laughs> and hung up. That's hilarious. And it's like, actually. Think about it. Like, hey, I'm watching the Cubs. No, I don't want to. I don't want to go get that. Well, tonight it's going to be it's going to be Bulls, and then also I'm going to be monitoring the NFL Honors, which also is on CBS tonight. Oh, is it? So watch on that. CBS? It's on CBS, so wow. that's where you you can find out the official word on Mongo, the official word on Devin Hester, the official word on Julius Peppers, amongst others. So that's right. going to be on tonight. And I want to remind people: Super Bowl also. Super Bowl 58 on CBS. These are shameless plugs, uh, but you see I've got my CBS hoodie on if you're watching on Twitter. I saw that. So, There's so, nothing wrong with telling people where to watch the game. And and I know I said it at the that top, helps. but that was, that was like three hours ago, but uh, also a conversation with Kevin Warren upcoming on Sunday night Right, you uh, that you, I recorded last week. You talked to him about uh, what he did not reveal, that he's just trying to hoodwink the people of Arlington Heights by – Lying to the mayor about We let the viewers down. make their own conclusions from his statements. <laughs> that's, that's what we do. I'm not, I'm not um, suggesting that that's happening at all. But they do own the land in Arlington Heights. 326 would, sprawling acres, as yes, it was described to me by uh, Kevin Warren. And they would have to buy, or they would have to lease the land from the park district. And I don't know where that relationship is. In, in the age of uh, sports... Uh, organizations becoming real estate companies Mm -hmm. to do the downtown thing makes pretty much zero sense to me. Um, yeah, I, I wouldn't argue with that from from a, from a, from a bottom, it's it's been bottom line the whole time, right? Yeah. Yeah. It just sounds a lot more difficult. Um, the renderings are out for the Sox proposed stadium. Uh, no idea who would sponsor that. So it's hard to give it a name. Um, it's, it's it's going to be spectacular, but again, this is pie-in-the-sky stuff, too. This is all I, – I love the idea that we're building up the city and we're making the city better and we're building – Beautifying it. There are, there are largest, large expanses of the city that just need help, that just need, you know, help with education. Investment. With exactly – you know there are there are food deserts out there. There are places where people need to be able to get an apple, for God's sake. And yes. uh, and it's hard to sit here and just fantasize about what this place could look like without kind of taking care of everything. These aren't first world problems we're talking about. These oh, are these are first class problems. Oh, these there's are a, there's major, a different major, totally a agree. different different level yeah. when you're talking about the sports versus just the everyday. Yes. Things that are needed right now in the city in this area, right? And I and I do worry about kind of vacating the Bridgeport uh, Stadium. And well, you know what, what they want to do with it, there. right? They want to turn it into a soccer stadium and have the fire play there. Yeah, I guess potentially also the Red Stars. So, so the fire currently plays, I believe, at Soldier Field. Right? Soldier Field and Seat Geek Stadium. It's a okay. it's a combination of the two, and depending then, on availability. Where is Seat Geek Stadium? It's out in the burbs. Uh, I forget which direction okay. specifically. Um, yeah. Is but, that is that where the, is that the? I don't. I'm I I I'm asking questions. I should know the answer to. Well, let me let me. But it reveals that. Um, that Bridgeview. 
It is Sea Bridge. Geek. I've mm. been to that stadium okay. before it was called Sea Geek. It's actually a very good stadium to watch a soccer game at because you're right on top of the action. And it's um you know it's funny, I I I remember during the nineteen ninety four World Cup talking to um some of the people at that point there was no American league here and they were, you know, going all over the country. The world cup, by the way, is coming up in a couple of years in America. It's in Mexico and Canada and uh, the United States, no games in Chicago, but at any point, at any rate, they, they felt at that point that they should have told different cities. You can have games if you build a stadium and, for soccer only. And then they would have had the stadiums in all these towns ready to move people in with their league once the World Cup ended. You know, really a great idea. Just didn't think of it before they had already done all the work. That is uh, great idea. That's how things work around here. That's, you know, when you look back on stuff, you often slap yourself in the forehead. Right? Missed opportunity to say the least. There you go. All right. We've... Uh, We've got uh, we got to get out to Vegas. We're going to bring in Alex Gold, and we'll find out what's going on with the Kansas City Chiefs, how the practices are going, how the uh, – it's first class is the answer. You know, they, they're in the good facility. And uh, how big an advantage is that? We already uh, got some injury news. We'll talk about that with Alex as well. It is Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670. It's that time of year. Cash the ticket. Jim Costa with Mike Valeni. We shift the focus from football to college hoops, getting us ready for the tournament where we're going to break down all the matchups and have an eye on some future plays, too. Search Cash the Ticket on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Not necessarily. I think uh, I just like winning. If you win a lot and, and that causes you to be a villain, then I'm, I'm okay with it. But at the end of the day, I'm going to enjoy playing the game and try to win as much as possible. Mully and Hall, Chicago Sports Radio 6, 7 of the score. Marshall Harris here again this morning. Much appreciated filling in for David, who's unwell. And uh, and we are delighted uh, to hear from Patrick Mahomes with that nonsense that he's nonsense that he's a villain. I don't buy it for a second. And uh, joining us now is uh, on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline is Alex Gold, 610 Sports in Kansas City. Circa, make sure that you download download the Circa Sports app. All right. Check it out at CircaLasVegas.com. Alex, how are you? We're doing good. I, I still have to run by uh, a question for you guys. We've been debating what we do here. Assume the ticket price is the same. Bill Burr Friday night or Luke Combs concert. Which one are you guys going to? Oh, I would go to Bill Burr. I yeah, think I think that's that. That's the move. Yeah, I, I, you know, here's the thing, and I, I don't, and I'm not like a country guy, so I don't know who any of the songs of Luke Combs. But I would say this: I was told one time that in Vegas, everybody's on vacation, so if you go see a comedian, the audience is 100 percent dying to be entertained, and there's never a bad moment. Like nobody yells anything out or boos or anything like that. Comedians love playing Vegas for that reason. Most people are drunk and happy and having fun. <laughs> Easier target uh, yeah. audience. Yeah, I think that's true. So we, maybe we made the wrong decision because we, we selected uh, Luke Combs instead. But And I like Bill Burr, but we decided to go Luke Combs, what? and uh, we'll see how that goes. What is I his know, song? I know. What does he sing? Luke oh, Combs. no, don't do well, this. Fast, fast, 
Oh, yeah, your favorite that you hear all the time, Fast Car, you know? Oh, that That's Tracy Chapman. Yeah, it, it is. He's, a, wow. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's stealing her Fair glory. Enough. Okay. He no, is, he, he seems is. like a nice enough fella. I'm sure you're going to have fun. He got the bird <laughs> tickets. I'll come out just to see him and watch the game. <laughs> all right. So, listen, we are uh, we're kind of looking at this, and we've been watching the game, and, you know, we understand that there are – Injuries and that uh, uh, there's already one announced injury. What? How will that impact the game? What do you think about the offensive line issue? So Joe Tooney, I mean, this isn't a surprise I, for the last couple of weeks going into that AFC title game with, with that, the pec injury. We've talked about, you know, this pain versus functionality for him, and it's, it's more so the functionality aspect. And at, at this point, it gets, continues to be a long shot and that Joe Tooney, the left guard, is going to play. So Nick Allegretti, He's played in the Super Bowl. He's, you know, he's got five-plus years of experience. And so I don't think anybody's you know, as concerned as they would have been heading into the Baltimore game after seeing how well Allegretti performed. And then other than that, it's really a question of any of the other long-shot players, talking about Sky Moore or Jarek McKinnon, do they activate any of those two individuals? Jarek McKinnon, having been practicing all week, it seems like it's more of a, a leader, lightens the mood, keeps the guys loose. That's what Jarek McKinnon does. He's a great personality. And then Sky Moore – if they're not going to have Kadarius Tony active, and we talked about that yesterday, mm-hmm. then I think there is a chance Sky Moore could end up being active, and maybe there's a package of two plays uh, for him. I, I, I got to know because this has been killing me all week. Patrick Mahomes, fourteen and three all time in the playoffs. We talked about that. How, why is it that he's an underdog here? Can you can you give us just a is there is it a simple answer? Is it a complicated answer? Yeah, I think it has to do with how people viewed and graded out the 49ers all year. Okay. And so a lot, a lot of the a lot of the sharps who by the way have been wrong about this playoff run. I mean, all the sharps were on Baltimore the last week. That's why you guys mentioned Circa and the Circa had the Chiefs as 5-point underdogs by the time it got to kickoff because they were trying to get some more action on Kansas City. So I think a lot of the sharps had the 49ers just graded out in, in a much better fashion than Kansas City. That's continued. And it is still probably one through 53, uh, and certainly at the top level, a better 49ers you know, roster. And so that, to me, is probably why we sit here and, and the Chiefs are still an underdog. And you guys played the cut. I, you know, embrace, the, embrace a little bit of the underdog role. Embrace a little bit of the villain role. And at this point, Chiefs fans are perfectly fine to do that. Um, yeah, I think the villain thing's idiotic. I don't think he's a villain, and I think he's like one of the good guys in sports and I think yeah. that, you know, I get it. You hate a guy who's successful. Um, but but I, I want to stay with some wide receiver talk because I was talking to a friend of mine about the fact that they, you know, Tyreek Hill isn't there and they win a Super Bowl and Tyreek isn't there. And they get to another Super Bowl. We'll see what happens. And when you think about him and you think about his speed and how impactful it is, you, you you might think that the Chiefs don't have any speed, but they've got a lot of guys that can run. They actually do have speed in their receiving core. They just don't have a great players, right? I mean, you, you think about them and you think about the, uh, you know, Kelsey's a great weapon, not a speed guy. Um, you know, um, they've got uh, Rasheed Rice who can break a, Big play, you can run after the catch. You got um, uh, Hardman, whose speed is good. I don't know if he can play, but he can run. 
Yeah, they have plenty of speed. That's never been an issue with Andy Reid. That's usually actually sometimes uh, a little bit of a criticism in how they've drafted right. these wide receivers that, you know, they're drafting too many of the, the speed or gadgety type of players. And Mark Cresvaldez, Scantling's another individual right. Right. who we all know has had drop, drop problems all season long. And so I, I think if you're taking a, a chance at taking uh, deep shots and, and you're looking at who could that be, I, to me, the only two players that likely would give them an opportunity to uh, – you know, take a 30-plus yard pass uh, and take a shot would be MVS uh, or somebody like McCall Hardman. I, I don't believe you're going to see anybody else get an opportunity, but right. a lot of Chiefs fans wanted them to have a bigger-bodied wide receiver. You know, they had a Juju Smith-Schuster last year, um, and that'll be something more of an off-season discussion of what they can do in the particular half because Andy Reid really doesn't draft big-style big wide receivers whatsoever. My favorite thing. Every time this year, the Super Bowl, the prop bets, man. Like, not just the prop bets, but, like, the wackiness of the prop bets. Now, you know, everybody's betting everywhere. So, like, the crazy cross parlays. You just got so much going on. What's your favorite just type of prop bets in this one that have gotten your attention? Yeah, so there, there's a couple. One of the books even just has Taylor Swift theme prop, you know, props and, and parlays. You know, like, I'm trying to think of one off the top of my head. Like, there's – uh friendship bracelet is what they called one of them. I think it was. Um, and it, it's a combination of Kelsey and use check to, to get the first touchdown. One of those two to get the first touchdown. We know the use check angle gave the jacket to Taylor Swift that went viral, all that. So there's, there's some crazy ones like that. As far as specific um, sport ones, I, I still always like the, you know, like the octopus bet that'll be out there, which hit last year, by the way, I think it's 14 to one this year. And that's the, you know, score a touchdown on the same player gets the two-point conversion. I think it was Jalen Hurts last year that got that particular one, and it actually cashed. I don't like it as much this year just because I think this game is a little lower scoring, so you have fewer opportunities, naturally, uh, to get that. I wonder if Marquez Valdez-Scantling can get a touchdown in this game if I'm looking at prop bets. I'm not saying it's an obvious Ooh, bet. It's yeah. just when you get in the red zone, they're looking for height at that point, and I know Kelsey – is the guy they look at first, but but isn't isn't he like six four? Don't they look at him sometimes? He, you're a hundred percent right. Here's the problem, though, guys. He, he can't catch. The he can't catch. You know can't catch. That's fair. Is that a problem? That you is, can't so, catch as a receiver. Yeah. It, it, it turns out that you know that's one of the things that you might <laughs> need to be able to do. And MVS, you know, I don't think he's. Uh, Guy in for a football, uh, high point of football in the red zone. Uh, okay, I I I, I take it back. Uh, great stuff. Really appreciate it, Alex. A lot of fun. Yeah, appreciate it, guys. Thanks. That's Alex Gold. We'll talk to him tomorrow and find out uh, uh, how the the uh, I didn't say it to him, but you know, Carl Allegretti is the father of Nick and a great friend of the program, friend of the station, and of course, Nick Allegretti, local guy made good, and we love our local guys. So we want to see him suit up. I just wanted to get his honest breakdown on everything, but I think he's. I think he did very well in the uh, in the Ravens game, and I think that that, that will follow over in the Super Bowl. I think I'm going to do like a prop bet or two. Yeah. I've, I've never bet on anything Super Bowl related, but we'll bring I, like, in, I like the anthem. We're going to bring in the king of the props next. Nick Costos will join us, and we will quiz him for a few props. Dustin uh, is very excited right now. It's Got the pen. He's waving it. Oh, oh, he's he's taking he notes. Oh, he always he loves a good prop bet. It's Molly and Haw. I'll cheat off of him with Marshall Harris here on the score. Is Dustin paying attention? I want winners. 
Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio 670, the score. And you know what that means? It means we are getting ready for the man himself. It's going to be, it's a beautiful day at the Mandalay Bay. Let's get that out of the way first. And, uh, and on the line is the host of You Better You Bet, Odyssey Sports Betting Insider, Nick Costos, Insider Calls, presented by BetMGM. Go check out all the latest lines today on the MGM app. Also, be sure to listen to the You Better You Bet podcast for more of Nick's analysis. Just search You Bet wherever you find your podcast. And, uh, and now Nick joins us on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline. Our guy Nick Costos, CircaLasVegas.com. Nick, good morning. How you doing? Uh, what's going on, guys? Yeah, beautiful day in Las Vegas, except for the fact it's uh, 6.45 a.m. and all the mutants are out turning for the nights at the, uh, the casino and the parties, et cetera. So, uh, yes, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to keep my head above water here and get all my work done sitting alone in my hotel room. But things are great. Thank you. And a little birdie told me, the bird's name is Mitch Rosen. That hold hold on, Nick. Hold on one second. We we got to clean up that line and make sure that you can hear what a little birdie told them, for God's sake. Yeah, and I want to hear that. We got to get to the props as, as uh, soon as we can. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna get that uh, all straightened out here in just a second, and we'll find out uh, what, how Nick has done on the tables. That might be the biggest story of the damn uh, day. No, we're we're gonna ask him. I'm glad it's his money, props, not mine. And we're gonna ask know? for some props. Yeah, I, I, I'm yeah. serious though about getting in on it. Um, you know the 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 just so you know, the national anthem bet is one of Dustin's favorites, and he he does time stuff on YouTube to try to figure. Who it out. is it this year? Um, Do I don't I I don't I know. Believe it's Reba McIntyre. Oh, oh okay, I love Reba. Yeah, she takes Classic her time. Cool. Nick, you okay? Sorry about that. No, that's 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 my bad. I'm I'm literally going to try not to move for the for the rest of the segment and just stay in place. Uh, tell Dustin that when I, hopefully I'm going to get the rehearsal time and I will text him like what to bet. Like do not like actually try and handicap this. Like I'll try and get the information to him. Hopefully I will get it. He is smiling like a he, he's 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 grinning, grinning hard. And we should tell people you can hear Nick on the BetQL network from two to six Chicago time every day when he's out in Vegas. And if you want to. Stop by Mandalay Bay and say hi to Nick in the show. He's out there. He's if you're going to Vegas, you it's I, it's always a beautiful day at the Mandalay Bay, and uh, <laughs> and if Nick is there, he'll uh, well, maybe he'll take you to that vodka bar later on and have a drink with you, or uh, maybe not. <laughs> I was about to say you're, more you're, likely not. You're putting him in a quite the position there. What? Well, let's get to the props. You are the king of the props. Dustin says you got a lot of them. Let's uh, let's have some fun. Okay, great. So uh, let's start on Kansas City. Um, this falls under the umbrella, guys, of like bet square, don't care. Like the most square prop bet that you can make is Travis Kelsey over receiving yards. Um, that doesn't mean it's not going to win. Uh, I bet Kelsey over receiving yards in each of Kansas City's first three playoff games. He's gone over. The thought process is basically, I think he's in like my lifetime of watching football, 1990s, the first year that I was watching pretty, pretty obsessively. I think he's the second best tight end, only behind the great Rob Gronkowski. And big players show up in big games. And I know, like, oh, well, they're going to try and take him away. Like San Francisco, take Kelsey out of the game. Yeah, like, good luck with that. How's that gone his entire career? Uh, I think Kelsey will get his. 
I, Kelsey over receiving yards will definitely be on my card. I also like Isaiah Pacheco to have a big game. And Kansas City's an, uh, like a more an easier team to handicap for this kind of stuff. Uh, think about it, right? San Francisco has a ton of players that touch the ball. Kansas City really has three guys that touch the ball, right, with Pacheco, Travis Kelsey, mm-hmm. and Rasheed Rice. And it's possible, like, Justin Watson is someone that Mahomes trusts. I like Watson over 16 and a half receiving yards because, like, Kadarius Toney will be active, but do they trust him? I think this is like a 20-plus carry game for Pacheco. And we saw Detroit, and we saw Green Bay do it also, run right into the teeth of the San Francisco defense and have a lot of success. So those two players for Kansas City, Pacheco and Kelsey, I both like. And on the San Francisco side, this is kind of like a leap of faith by me, but I think I'm going to be right. Um, Debo Samuel, I think he's going to make his hay in this game on the ground as opposed to through the air. Like, there's no game next week, guys. And the thing with Debo is always he's so good, at, and he's one of the best football players in the league. Mm. Like he, he gets banged up, right? He gets nicked up. He's a little injury prone. So it's almost like they save him for these big spots, and you really can have a lot of uh, success on Kansas City's defense by running at them. So I think when it's not McCaffrey, I actually think it's going to be Debo that's going to be running the ball instead of like Elijah Mitchell, San Francisco's number two running back. Right. I like the Debo Samuel guys over 16 and a half rushing yards. Mm. I'm not sure what the uh, over-under is for Kyle Juszczyk, but I'll take the over. <laughs> Everyone and Marshall, every, like, and this does not mean it's not going to hit. That's a really popular bet this season, uh, this, for this game, rather. Juszczyk, like, over half a catch. Juszczyk over receiving yards. Exactly. And look like, and, look like and, and to be fair, in the Super Bowl four years ago, Juszczyk had a huge game, scored a couple touchdowns in that game. So I wouldn't fault anyone for that train of thought. Just like, is it going to happen again? Um, I I wouldn't bet against it. I also don't know if I'm going to bet on it. Hmm. How many wagers will you make on the game, Nick? That's a great question. Um, I think yeah, probably like um, it's just like is the first digit a two or a three? Wow. Um, I'm not wow. sure yet. Yeah. Wow. yeah, yeah. But look, like, and and I will say to everybody, like, I I bet responsibly. So, like, if you are going to bet a lot of – I'm being serious, and I've been betting for 20 years. You have to bet responsibly or else, like, you hate yourself at the end of the game, and I don't want that to happen. So I would encourage people to do this. If you're going to bet more on the Super Bowl, more things than you bet on the average game, which I think a lot of people will do, right, because it's the Super Bowl. Um, Like, when you go to see a a movie, even if you, like, you love the movie or you hate the movie, at the end of the movie, like, you don't get your money handed back to you. It's an entertainment expense. You right. are paid to be entertained for two or three hours. Right. I would look at, at some of the bets for the Super Bowl as an entertainment expense. Don't bet what you can't afford to lose. And at the end, if you lose, look at it as an entertainment expense. I would look at it like that for the Super Bowl. Yeah. When we've been out there, we, we have never loaded up. We pretty much made like a bunch of little bets to have fun. You know, I'm talking – you know, two to five dollar bets, whatever you can get away with, you can have ten of those and have a good laugh. And as you say, you feel like you're you've you've invested a little bit. Maybe you can win back your money, but it, you're basically paying to watch the game. Yeah, and a to group be entertained people, by the game, right? and you right. you don't bet what you can't afford to yeah, lose. Yeah, and, and like a, any investment, <laughs> people bet a lot of money on the Super Bowl, but that's really not the place to bet your money. Right. You, you would you well, would I, rather pick your spots than how it ended up. Well, and I'll, and I'll, and I'll say this, like to your point, Molly, and I think you're 100% right. Um, I think that out of any of the championship Sunday cross matches, I think this is the best game. Like the most fun football game is this matchup with Casey against San Francisco. But like candidly, and I've said this on my show for a couple of weeks now, I think it's the worst betting game. 
And like the spread of the game is so difficult. Like I've liked, like I love, I like last year's Super Bowl so much more than this one from a betting perspective. Because the problem with this game um, is San Francisco is better than Kansas City. Like they are. Mm-hmm. They're, they've been power rated better all season. The roster's better from one through fifty three. But the trouble that you run into, that a lot of people have run into when it comes to clicking the button on San Francisco to bet the Niners is that Kansas City has, like, the best football player maybe of all time at the quarterback position. So, like, I I like Kansas City in the game because I have faith that at the end of the game, uh, I have the best quarterback ever. And I think Mike Mahomes is just going to win the game at the end. Like, and to be fair, you would have printed money on the Patriots for two decades doing that with Tom Brady and Bill Belichick. So, again, like, that doesn't mean Kansas City's definitely going to win the game. But, like, my, I think that my bet on Kansas City is, like, a little flimsy because it's basically just I think Mahomes is going to win, which might happen. But I do not think this is, like, the best betting game of all time. Any of the other matchup guys from Championship Sunday I think would have been like a bet that I would have placed on the game that I would have had a lot more confidence in than the one I do in this game. Great stuff, Nick. Thank you, buddy. Great catching up with you. Have fun. Appreciate it. Yeah. Oh, that is a guarantee. Uh, wishing everybody minimal sweats, winning bets, the absolute very best of luck. And like Dustin, if he's really on YouTube, like handicapping Reba McIntyre, just like text me on Friday, Dustin, and we'll see if we can help you out here. Yeah, we, the message has and, been received. And then text us with what you get. That's for the audience. Absolutely. All right, Nick. See you, buddy. That was the host of You Better You Bet, Odyssey Sports Betting Insider Nick Costos. Insider calls are presented by BetMGM. Go check out all the latest lines today on the BetMGM app. And I have made $2 bets in Vegas. A lot of people are giving me a grief, mainly on horse racing to be brutally honest about it. But, yeah, I can be a $2 better every once in a while. I mean, I don't hate that. No. I, like you In the old days. You entertain. You enjoy the races, right? In the old days, you could sit in a sports book and you just make, like, a bunch of little wagers on horse races and they'd give you free booze. Then they stopped giving you the coupons in the same way. You had to change the way you were. It would, but it, for me, sitting around paying $2 to watch a race for while a free drinking beer free, or yeah. whatever. Good deal. Good deal. Ultimately. A lot of the books don't even have the horses anymore. Yeah. Really? The, the, yeah. The, it's not the same way as it was. But I've definitely done that, as you know, Dustin. With you. Because we've done it together. We've done it together. Yeah. All right. So, uh, yeah, probably $5 bets on the Super Bowl as we look back on it. But never major amounts of money. <laughs> Just the ten grand that one time that Dustin had in that suitcase after did some stuff. Whatever works that for you. That never happened. was a rumor. All right. We got Stacy Dales next. We're going to stay in Vegas. It's Mully and Hall with Marshall Harris on the score. Stacy Dales, NFL Network correspondent. Doing great. Good morning, everybody. Breaking down the Bears beat news around the NFL. And I live in Chicago, and I do the score radio, a uh, little plug there. Sure. Every week. Shout out to the host. Th- this has been an emotional freaking roller coaster, you guys. Former WNBA star. And the ball stolen away. Didn't see her coming, and Perkins gets the clean steal over to Dales. Easy land. Stacy Dales off a beautiful feed from Elaine Powell. Stacey Dales with Mully and Haw on 670 The Score. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. David out this morning and Marshall Harris. 
yep, yep. kind enough to sit in and help out and uh, and carry me yet another day. And we are delighted that uh, we've got the Circus Sports Illinois hotline where we find Stacy Dales. Download that Circus Sports app today. Stacy, always a joy. And you are in Vegas. You're covering the Niners for the NFL Network. Are you mad about the practice facility? Uh, well, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm happy you're being scary by Marshall this week, Molly. That's great. <laughs> to be, to be um, fair, he's in a wheelbarrow. I got him. <laughs> he's rolling me. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, you know, I actually, we don't get access to the practice facility, unfortunately, but right. I, I kind of am mad for the Niners in a way because, uh, they're not happy. This is a Super Bowl. I mean, uh, you know, some of the details I know about what has transpired is they had discrepancies in the UNLV field that they are working on because it was, to them, significantly soft. And basically, in my conversations with Niners team officials, um, you know, new sod was laid down right. within the last couple weeks. And to the point where I was even told in those conversations that um, there were creases. So you guys know when you put saw down and it, it has to yes. set, right? You have to stay off of it. So their grounds crew and really the NFLs in some respects have been working sort of tirelessly up to last week on this field. And their issue was the fact that you have the home team, which is the Kansas City Chiefs, that are working at this brand new facility basically for the Raiders. And they have this luxurious, luscious field to work on. And it wasn't a fair playing advantage. Now, Roger Goodell and his, his presser on Monday came out and said, it is, it is a good playing surface. We've had our experts look at it. Um, according to people I talked to at the league, they offered the Niners the opportunity to work at that Raiders facility, but it would have been in the morning, I believe. So, that would, as you guys know, everybody at this stage, whether it's, shoot, NHL, NBA, Major League Baseball, mm-hmm. they all want to keep their routine the same when they get to a World Series or a Super Bowl or an NBA, you know, uh, finals, right? So the Niners didn't want to do that, and they didn't want to switch their time. Kyle Shanahan said that, that it was improving early this week, but then last yesterday – in his press conference, he, he sort of said, we're dealing with it. Now, today's the first actual day they're going to be running around. As Brock Purdy told us yesterday, it was kind of just a walkthrough on Wednesday. So uh-huh. today's the actual day when they're going to be kind of flying around trying to get the juices going, right? So he said, we'll see on Thursday. So they're not trying to make it a distraction, right? But, it, you know, it comes down to principle based upon the high-ranking officials that I talked to. Uh, the league is saying it's okay. The Niners didn't feel it's okay. And why don't we get the same opportunity? And why are we working on sort of this, you know, brand new sod for the Super Bowl? Um, so that's kind of where it stands. That sounds disastrous, but also I can't wait to hear what they have to say after today's practice. That that right. that, that that should be the indicator. Um, but we're yeah. getting close, Stacy. We're getting close to mm-hmm. Super Bowl Fifty Eight. I know this is not your first rodeo. Can you tell us uh, your feeling about this particular Super Bowl compared to maybe ones in the past that you've covered and and, and the feel, the vibes? Uh, just kind of give us a, a firsthand perspective. Yeah, Marshall, I it, they're all different, as you know. I mean, you've been all over the 
the map uh, <laughs> through your career. And um, it, it, to me, it feels like, you know, we're going to continue to talk about the Super Bowl 54 rematch between these two teams, the Chiefs and the Niners, and they're just such different teams. But, you know, I, I do feel like this is different for Kyle Shanahan and the Niners this time because they have so much experience and they, they haven't been able to win it. Whereas you have this dynasty and it's so interesting talking to every single really defender coach for the Niners defensively and first ballot hall of famer, Patrick Mahomes, first ballot hall of famer, Travis Kelsey, like the reverence is, is almost over the top in many respects as it should be when you're facing, you know, this type of caliber of talent. Um, you're, you're really dealing with Tom Brady and Rob Gronkowski in many respects or some um, Tom made all pros uh, or helped make all pros. They worked really hard too. But so it, it, it's just an interesting dynamic. You have this team in the Niners that is, to me, more actually more talented across the board right. in terms right. of the star power. They are loaded with all pros, right? And yet they're playing these two guys almost. And can you beat Mahomes and Kelsey? So and a very good defense. I, I, that Chiefs defense is, is remarkable. So this is the best defense Patrick Mahomes has ever had in, under Steve Spagnuolo, their defense. They, this is the best. You know, I was talking to Anthony Lynn, who's the assistant head coach and running backs coach with the Niners yeah. yesterday. He said this is the best tackling secondary in the National Football League by far. So that defense is really good. And then you got those two guys that are going to be in the Hall of Fame whenever they decide to retire. And so, yeah, you have a 49ers team, Marshall and Mully, that is loaded with talent. Like it, it's such a, it's such a great, it, to me, it should be a close game. Absolutely a close game. And if it is, everybody here is saying, if it's close, Mahomes is going to win. Yeah. I, you know, yeah. I, was, I, I was covering a Super Bowl the Niners were in years ago. And they had this kicker. His name was Doug Bryan. And he was like a rookie kicker on this team. And the guy looked like he was about 19, 18 years old. And he went out one night and he came back and they wouldn't let him in the hotel. And he had, he had <laughs> lost his key or something and they didn't believe him. And they had, he, they had to figure out, yeah, this guy is actually a grown-up and he's playing on the team. He just he didn't look the part. And that that is true. I think of that every time I see Brock Purdy. He is so young. And when those two little kids from uh, on the media night, two little kids from, from Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon interview him, and he does like mm-hmm. a impersonation of SpongeBob laughing, like, you know, hey, 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 hey. I, I was like, <laughs> oh, my, they're never going to let him in the hotel. He better not leave yeah. his room. They won't let him back in. He's so yeah. young and he's so fresh faced and and that's the thing that I keep going back to as I'm trying to decide this game. Like the the Niners, as a general rule, haven't done a lot of great comebacks in their time. They it's almost like they'd have to take the lead and make Mahomes come back on them because it's hard to envision them. And I know they came back in both the Green Bay game and the Detroit game, but it's just it just seems like that's going to be a factor. Yeah, I, you know, it's interesting because he's 24, Purdy. And, yeah, at the starting fast is something they haven't done in the playoffs, but it's not just the offense. I mean, their defense is giving up almost 160 per game on the ground. Like, this was the third-best rush defense in the NFL, the Niners, mm. in the regular season. 
in the playoffs, they went from a 90-point average in yards allowed on the ground to 160, basically, in the playoffs. So that has to be fixed because Isaiah Pacheco is a really good runner. He runs as hard and angry as any running back in the NFL. But Brock Purdy, to your point, Molly, he's 24, but I am completely bought in after all my conversations. I, I watched him all season. I've watched him now for right. basically a year and a half because he took over in week 13 of the 22 season against Miami. And he has had this team in the palm of his hand since that game, really even back to that offseason, you know, his rookie offseason. Um, I mentioned Anthony Lynn. He told me yesterday, this is the most mature player at his age that he has ever seen at that position in the NFL. And Anthony Lynn's been around for a long time. Mm-hmm. So, and, and if you talk to every single one of his teammates, like he's, he's done nothing, but Kyle Juszczyk told me there's been so many ways, but his consistency in terms of earning the trust with his teammates based upon the fact that he's gone out every single week since he took over and proved it, there's no faster way, Juszczyk told me, to earn the respect of your teammates than by showing that every single week. And he led the league in pa- uh, passer rating, which is quarterback efficiency, this season. Yep. He has made – he has made huge jumps in, you know, his quarterbacks coach, Brian Greasy, told me they have talked so much over the last two years about, number one, winning with your head, and then number two, when you need a fallback plan, how do you win with your legs, your feet, and your athleticism? And that's been the thing we saw, like, last week in the NFC Championship. Where do those legs – well, they've known his legs have been there this whole time. But like Greasy told me, now those two things are marrying and coming together – and now you guys on the outside are basically all seeing what we already knew. And then you add the maturity and the level-headedness. I'm telling you, just being around Brock Purdy, he, he feels like he's been in the league for like 10 years. So, and then you'll hear everybody. Andy Reid told me, like, the, one of the first things Andy Reid said to me was, like, he's so great under pressure. And he's super smart. That was the thing. He said he's smart and he's great under pressure when I asked Andy this re- week. So they're really concerned about his escapability. You wouldn't think that. But, like, if you stand beside him in person, you you see almost a lower base like Russell Wilson, if that makes sense, right? Yeah. Like, he's super stocky on the bottom, which I think gives him a lot of power. People question his arm strength, but his base gives him a lot of power. I'm going to use everything you just said. I'm going to clip it, and I'm going to play it anytime Molly tells me that Brock Purdy is not that great. I never said oh, Molly, he wasn't you know great. Oh, I, I, I listen. I just think that this is the great team versus the great quarterback, the great tight end, the great tackle. I mean, they got players. I'm not saying they don't, but I'm no. Just, they have, they have, they, they have. She's right. Yes, they have better at, players at the top of their roster than. But, but when I pick the game apart, the thing that I can't get past, and it's stopping me from picking the Chiefs, I think Christian McCaffrey. With with the fullback and the tight end, just first down. I think they can establish, they can run the ball on first down. I think the Chiefs were 28th against that in the regular season. I'm talking about first down against a power formation. And, mm-hmm. and that, so it's like one team doing what it does best against the other team that doesn't stop that very well. And I think that if you if you really went into the game and you said, 
it's a Super Bowl, but we're going to run the ball. And and tried to build on that, and I I think the Chiefs could do the same thing. Yeah, it won't what, be that's what it won't say. be an attractive high scoring game, but that might be <laughs> that might be the way to win it. Hopefully, it's better than thirteen to three because that game is my least favorite Super Bowl of all time. <laughs> Just like, can something happen? Can something somebody do? And, and, and I get it. Everyone wants to show off, but that is where the Niners could win the game with Christian McCaffrey. The other thing is they don't have to save him for next week. He, you could just mm-hmm. use the hell out of him. Yeah, it's interesting. Like McCaffrey's so good. He's such a perfectionist too. He's like, you know, people I talk to in the team, like he's he's almost too hard on himself. So you know he's going to come out. But Marshall, why? Like, why do you? Why are you a Brock believer? Like, I, I've had this conversation with so many people because he's so new. I mean. We're anointing him like he he goes from Mr. Irrelevant to Mr. Relevant in a season. He's picked 262, which happened to be here in Vegas. Like the things about him in Vegas, by the way, are nuts because he played here when he was with Iowa State against UNLV, pounded UNLV, right? Right. He was drafted here. He played in, um, I think it was the the Shrine game for the West team here and won with the West. He played here last season I think it was in week 18 against the Raiders and beat him he's had nothing but success here but besides all that like I I love the conversation like why people are bought in on him you know oh well, as the, far as let, let me be very clear Stacy and Molly knows this I, I've got the Chiefs winning the game uh, I think Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league and I think ultimately the Jordan effect yeah the Jordan effect like yeah. however you whatever you want to call it Patrick Ooh. Mahomes as I said 14 and 3 in the he's lost two he's his three losses have been to Tom Brady twice in the playoffs and Joe Burrow in a phenomenal AFC championship game and I think those are elite quarterbacks. I don't think Brock Purdy's on that level. When you ask why have I bought in on Brock Purdy? I'm not saying Brock Purdy is a future Hall of Famer or anything. I just think he does what he does very well. Uh, Kyle Shanahan has put him in a position to succeed, and he's done more than the other quarterbacks Kyle Shanahan has had. And also, I was a believer that he was like Army football until just a few weeks ago in that as long as he played with a lead, everything was cool. But as you know, with Army football, their whole thing is if they get down, it's over. But he's proven right. he can make a, he can lead a comeback now. So now I'm like, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I it's it's just so interesting because the sample size, right? But it's like very they'll small. go back, yeah, they'll go back and tell you though they studied him for four years at Iowa State, and he he was such a leader at Iowa State and was for four years, and he put a lot of stuff on tape, and um, you know they 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 were all in on him during the entire draft process, but it's just such it's been such an interesting thing. Like I asked Kyle Shanahan this week how. He has amplified his aggressiveness in calling plays. And he basically said that it's been so much fun to actually do that with Brock. Um, but, like, you'll, you'll get as a play caller, some guys, sometimes guys, he said, are too aggressive, and then you get too aggressive as the play caller, and then all of a sudden you're in trouble, and now you have to pull in the reins. But he said Brock's been so impressive with that. Like, nothing has been too much for his plate. And when it's not when not there, he makes the right decision. Like so, to me, this game, like obviously, don't turn the ball over for both sides. But right. that's the, right. that's the Niners, the Niners thrive and feast on explosive plays. 
the Chiefs don't give up explosive plays. Right. So, interesting. To me, I'm looking for out of the gates. Can the Niners come out and start eating off those explosives right away? Because that this this team, this Chiefs team, just doesn't give them up. When you talk about the run game, I do agree, Molly, that. CMC is just so hard to deal with, and I, but I think that I think the Chiefs have a really good plan. I was talking to one defensive coach this week, and they 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 call it kill the engine. So when you're dealing with somebody of his prowess and capability, and like he is he is vast, and he has changed what they do in San Francisco, frankly. Um, but to kill the engine, if you tackle him above the waist, you're screwed. Like it's not going to work. <laughs> You know, so it's pursued on his back hip, I was told. And these are all teaching points. It's fascinating. Their coaching staff, their defensive coaching staff is phenomenal in Kansas City. Phenomenal. Like, you could pluck, like, several of those guys to go be defensive coordinators. And, um, like, pursued on McCaffrey's back hip, and then you got to go below the thigh pad. And they said to me, you're not trying to get anybody hurt, of course. You never want that. But if you don't wrap him up at the knees, you're done. He's gone. He's one cut, and he is gone. And we saw it at the end of the NFC Championship game. The Lions couldn't tackle him at the end. So, you know, I agree with you, Molly. Like, he is such a factor in this thing, and I'm building so many reports this week about him, surrounding him. Um, His his dad won three Super Bowls, by the way, and played with a lot of these coaches on the minor staff. So, Ed, so um, this is a winner, and that – like to me, I haven't been around the Chiefs this week. James Palmer's on the other side of that, um, in terms of our report slot times, and we're going to be on the field together on Sunday. But I, I, you know, I think the Niners are confident. I just hope sometimes the name on the jersey, right? Like it's Patrick Mahomes. T- to your point, he's in another world. Like mm. players from the Niners, like they call him this generation's goat. That's what I've been told this week. Wow. Like. Uh, That's how much respect they have for him. You know, and we'll let you go, Stacey, and and love getting a chance to catch up. Um, It is Super Bowl Swifty 8. He (laughs) went, now stay with me. Here we go. Speaking of the jerseys, Mahomes is number 15. Purdy wears 13. What's her favorite number? Come on, now. It's easy. It's in front of you. I've heard about the 13. Am I supposed to know that? The 13 is her favorite <laughs> so number? Dumb. Yeah, she's got like all sorts I thought 13 of... was an unlucky number. No, you I, know what? no, it's her number. She, Whatever. Okay. I yeah. read this. I, I was having her birthday. Fun. Yes. Is like, that what it is? She loves 13. Well, there's a whole Swift, Taylor Swift 13 conspiracy if you Google it. <laughs> wow. Um, <laughs> I, I just... I can't. I just can't. No. Like, I, it hasn't, it no. hasn't even factored into my mind. The dark corners like, of the internet strike again. That's right. Stacy, thanks a yeah. ton. We'll talk to you soon. I'll talk to you guys next week. All righty. God bless. That is Stacy. Stacy's so good. She's the best. She's so she does good. a great job, and that's great information. We'll talk to uh, – we'll stay in Vegas, talk to Larry Kruger. We'll do that next. Molly and Hall on the score. Mully and Hall flashback. 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 Because in reality, I'm the first to ever do it. I'm the ever the the, the change the game. Yep. The way I did. The first one to do it. And the way it's looking now, I maybe be the last. Yeah. You know, you're gonna have some guys that may, you know, 
take one or two back in the season, but you never seen that before. You know what I mean? You seen a running back rush for 2,000 yards a couple times. Have you ever seen a returner that do what I did and, and change the game? Not only change the game, but change the rule of football. Like, you never seen no running backs change the rule of football. But I changed the game in return. Mully and Haw, Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Marshall Harris, kind enough to sit in for David this morning. And that is the voice of, uh, of Devin Hester, who said that from the chair you're sitting on. We talked to him last year, and uh, he was heartily disappointed he didn't get in the Hall of Fame. He is expected to get into the Hall of Fame tonight. They have uh, moved things around. The Hall will be revealed tonight. And uh, Julius Peppers expected to get in. I'm talking about Bears connections. Um, Devin Hester expected to get in. And maybe the most uh, important, the most moving one, um, Mongo McMichael. Steve McMichael expected to get into the Hall of Fame tonight as well. And you can see that official announcement coming up tonight at 8 o'clock on uh, CBS, too. Is that where it is? Yeah, NFL Honors, part of the NFL Honors ceremony. They're going to have to go quickly if we're going to be staying up all night watching this stuff. Well, for you, yes. Uh, just being honest about Maybe it. Maybe for me, too. No, i got to work, so it doesn't matter. Yeah, you're gonna uh, I'm be, coming on You're going to be there no matter what yes, I'm gonna, to I'm, talk about it. Well, it, you know, listen, it's going to be – it's going to be great, and what a what an extraordinary moment um, to see this happen uh, for for anybody. Uh, Devin Hester is totally accurate. the The fact that he came into the league and did what he did, and was you know a rookie sensation as a return guy, that's one thing. The fact that he did it the next year is really what puts it all over the top, and I I really believe that. The, the point he made about changing the game and about the rules of returns and all that stuff, uh, it's pretty extraordinary, the, the career that he had as a return guy. Because if you think of him strictly as a position player, when they brought him in, they thought he was a cornerback. And I don't know how good a corner he was. I think he had a relationship with Deion Sanders, and he wanted to emulate that. They got to a point where they were kind of like, look what he can do with the ball in his hands. we got to give him the ball more. And they used him more as a uh, as a wide receiver. But the return game is where he made his biggest impact right down to the opening of the, the 20, uh, what was that, 2016? Was it 20, what, 2006 Super Bowl? He returned uh, the opening kickoff for a touchdown. Incredible. Should not have kicked it to him. Well, I mean, they talked all week about not kicking it to him, and we're sitting there watching the game, and there he goes. It was, it was one of the all-time amazing things I've seen. And then they changed the rules. Don't forget that part. Yeah, they did. They had to change the rules because he was too damn good. But yeah. it's you know, again, um, I heard Goodell say the other day, Goodell, way to go, Goodell. I heard him, Roger Goodell, the uh, the commissioner, talk about that they managed to keep the kickoffs in the game only just. Right. I mean, they've only just made it's a play that is very dangerous where they used to have guys coming down and busting the wedge and a lot of head injuries and a lot of serious injuries. And they've done a lot to try to get rid of 
the uh, the the kickoffs and the in the return game in that fashion. And uh, I, and he's right. Devin Hester is right. Maybe the last guy that will have that kind of impact. Yeah, because it because <laughs> we're, we're not doing this anymore. Yeah, no, you just down the ball wherever and start at the twenty-five. I mean, that's. Uh, they're not doing it, and partly because of the fear of injury. Yeah, it's head it's, injury, worst thing in football. And it's 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 a legit like reason, but right. still, it takes away from what the game is. And uh, Devin Hester's impact is certainly uh, one that can be measured. He's the all-time return leader in touchdowns, uh, and and he was he was dangerous with the football. Oh like, yeah, not just dangerous, but also electric. Oh. Like. It's one of those. Well, Soldier okay. Boy they gave up a tu- they gave up a touchdown, but don't go anywhere because you don't want to miss the kickoff. They would play that Soldier Boy song, and then Devin be back there warming up, and you knew something unbelievable was about to happen. It was S- great, Superman. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That was that was super cool, right? I mean, you're not hearing any arguments from me. No, no, I wasn't looking for. An oh, okay. I was either. like, I, I, I don't I think co- I said anything. I am outrageous. co-signing everything you're saying. God bless you. We are yeah. agreeing on this and everything else, just like we have the last two shows. And I remember. See, we have we're like-minded individuals. I remember uh, Mongo when he was with the Bears and the role that he played in the. You know, he had a great friendship with Dan Hampton. And those guys in the middle of the defense and uh, the Bears, just unbelievable. I remember when he first came in, and I don't think they realized uh, that he was going to be the player that he was. And it, it, they were he was fighting to make the team, and they said that he like he kept jumping into drills. He kept, he was like the guy that if you were short a player, he would jump in no matter where uh, and, and try to try to make a play. And you love guys like that. You love guys that fight for their place uh, in the league, and certainly Mongo, one of them. And and given um, his health and everything that's happened, I don't think there'll be a a dry eye in the house when he's named. I can definitely see that happening and transpiring. I I think this is just some good news for the Bears organization, the fan base, uh, in what's been a very unsteady time. Is Is that can we call it that unsteady? Mm-hmm. And a time where we really don't know anything about what's what's what lays ahead in the future. Lies ahead in the future, I should say. Yeah. Um, and, you know, Julius Peppers. <laughs> oh, Julius Peppers. He, he's just a monster. I, I, I mean, just, I, you a know, beast. when you, like, stand next to that guy and talk to him, it's like, I mean, his, his arms are, like, bigger than your legs. He's just like, he, that guy physically – was one of the one of the I mean you you want like Dan Hampton if you're ever in his presence that's what a Hall of Famer looks like you know he's he's just a a really big powerful man and I think the same thing with Peppers he just you know that guy played basketball uh, in college he went to North Carolina and they they would get significant he and what was the guy's name Curry right they would uh, they would play football. And then they would join the basketball team. And when they joined the basketball team, they would get significantly better. That guy is like an unbelievable athlete. He could he can jump over people. I, I mean, Julius Peppers was a phenomenal. The minute they brought him in, you're just looking at him and you're like, an athlete's oh my athlete. God, absolutely, absolutely amazing player. 159 and a half sacks. That's, that's pretty good for an NFL career. 
Oh, Fourth no, all time. No doubt about it. I, I mean, you're talking about bringing in a guy that um, that gave you something that you didn't have and added to the the uh, the 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 his ability to get a sack, his dominance, the way he played. Problem was the contract was so big that they they couldn't. Ha- it, it, it's a lot like uh, what happened with uh, with uh, you know the the the, um, the pass rusher. Who am I thinking? What team? Kid from started at Buffalo, you know, came into the league. Yeah, the, the pass rusher. Who's the, Mac? Khalil? Khalil Mack. Okay. You he started said, in Buffalo? He went to Buffalo University. Oh, University. Okay, that's, that's, I was, where, that's I, where you got us because oh, I was like, sorry. no, no, no. Yeah, no, yeah, no, 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 no yeah, I meant he, okay. he yeah. was a Mac player. That, that's what threw us off. I'm sorry. Because you said Buffalo. But they gave him the contract, and then they had to trade the contract. Then the contract, and that's kind of what happened with Peppers, and that's how he wound up. Uh, ending his career in Green Bay, sadly. That had to hurt for a guy like Dustin. Hates when players go to Green Bay. Mongo, by the way, also played in Green Bay. How do you feel about that one, Dustin? I think he's okay with it. He's not. He's 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 uh, He hates anybody that leaves the Bears and goes to Green Bay. Well, he, he was in Green Bay for just three seasons. Then he went back to Carolina for his last two years. Yeah. Played a long time. 17 years. <laughs> he was an unbelievable monster great player. And he belongs in the Hall of Fame, and I'm looking forward to seeing it. Gold jackets for everyone. Well, not everyone, but gold jackets for those who deserve it. Well, gold jackets for those with Bears connections. That's the good news, right? Like I said, right now, at this particular time, this inflection point in the city, Mm -hmm. we will take all the good news we can handle. I think we would also take all the Carolina Panthers they want to give us, right? I mean, that's pretty good. If you think about DJ Moore and the first overall pick, and Julius Peppers, pretty good stuff. You had to pay for Peppers. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, the first, the first, the first overall pick twice is what gets you. <laughs> that's that's the that's the secret. I'm like, felt so nice. We decided to do it twice. It's the Panthers, <laughs> <Yeah>. man. <laughs> it is. It is the Panthers. Uh, I, I did enjoy Brad Big's story of of how they went and just you know, because Peppers should, Lewis shouldn't just be out here in free agency. No, no. And you should go today. Get you'd him. have to trade for him and then sign him midseason. Yeah, and he's a la Montas, he, uh, Montes Montes Sweat. Sweat. Yeah, yeah, that's a good pick. That's a good guy. He's worked out pretty well. Um, so we've got uh, the big party, you know, the big game party. I don't know if uh, everyone realizes. Oh, am I invited you, to the Super Bowl party? You, you know what? I'm allowed to bring someone. You are very much invited to the Super Bowl party. Oh, I got to work. Never you mind. You can join 670 The Score <laughs> and Circus Sports Illinois it's before the game. Oh, okay. Uh, for the big game party, it's this Sunday at Benchmark in Old Town. Uh, we'll be here. I'm talking about Molly and Haw, Bernstein, Holmes, and Rahimi. They'll be there. Uh, Parkinson Spiegel will be there. We'll all, we're That's a all, lot of star power. Well, it's a lot of people talking at once. I was thinking star and, power. And we vowed to all talk over each other. Okay, that, I can no, see that No, it'll happening. be a really good broadcast. There are professional broadcasters along with uh, with me, um, <laughs> sadly. yeah. You are a professional broadcaster. No, not, not necessarily. I'm sitting here with you. I wish I was trained for it. I don't know why you won't give me some tips. Uh, but it should be a lot of fun, and the, and the game, you you got to have at least $100 in your Circus Sports Illinois app in order to attend. The doors will open at noon. There's going to be live entertainment, complimentary game day bites. Just go to circusports.com to sign up for the invite, 
and to get more info, you don't have to go there because you have an invite. Professional uh, tips for broadcasting, number one, yeah. for radio, yes. uh, I got it for you. I think you Please. already have it down. Is like self-deprecation over everything. Oh, uh, damn like, it. It's right up there on the tier with the authenticity. What if, you, if you can't self-deprecate, don't don't do it because you're gonna you're gonna sound like a just like a, jerk. a bad word, like I, an arrogant jerk. Yeah, 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 basically. Hmm. Like it's it's fun, have fun, be able to poke fun at yourself, be okay with other people roasting you. Like if you can't do that, get, get out of here, man. People love people who are smart, funny, and relatable. Hmm. And self-deprecation makes us all a little bit more relatable. How do you get that way? Give me the. Well, for me personally, as a fat kid growing up, I just got used to getting roasted. And then I was like, you know what? I can be humbled real quick. And then you develop a little bit of a personality, you know? How how fat could you have been? Uh, I look like, okay, so picture like a sixth grader who, or yeah, ninth grader who looked like Big Bird. No. I played guard in in football my one year in football. I played guard. That's not possible. Well, you asked, so I'm, I'm just I, giving you I, a visual. It's a, it's a, I can't it's an, imagine. It's a radio thing. It's it's, it's not are, a visual medium, so I'm trying to give you a picture. You're as fit a person now, as I know. Yes. Now, I, it wasn't always that way, bro. Wow. Well, I, good just, for you. I'm just trying to hang on. What made you, uh, I, I think I know the answer, <laughs> what made you turn on that? Well, one, I did not like playing guard in football. Let's just start yeah, with that. Okay. And I was like, I probably need to do something to, to get better. And I just, I, I grew a little bit. I was like five six two oh five. Okay. I grew a little bit. You just grew it. And and I, I worked out yeah. and I started running. Uh, by the by my senior year I was running on the cross country team, playing basketball, baseball. It's like regular people's yeah. sports. You wanted to meet girls is what you just told me. Uh I had a problem I had a problem <laughs> meeting girls. I wanted them to interact with me in the yeah. same way that I wanted to I interact with them. Is that is that fair? That's fair. That's okay. a fair comment. Yeah. Yeah. Love yeah. the love the ladies. Uh I have always been intimidated by women. I'm I, overwhelmed by. Well, them. don't don't be intimidated. Don't be. They're, they're people just like me and you. Well, I'm now like an old married oh, guy. Oh, oh, I'm saying oh, when saying I was back young. Back in the day, when yes. you were young, when you didn't know any better. Well, I went to high school. I went to a seminary high school, so it was difficult to meet a lot of women. That's an all boys school. It's a Catholic priesthood, but school. co-ed, not co-ed. Oh. No. Oh, seminary. Oh, seminary. I, I was Catholic training. and seminary. I got you. I, in got another you. world, I would be. What priest. happened to that? What happened to that guy? Uh, you know what happened? Honestly, like my folks were immigrants and they wanted us to be priests, I think. And I, I clearly it just it, it never happened. It didn't stick. None of us. Yeah. In fact, Did I any think of any of in my in my graduating class, there might have been two guys. I think one survived it, still is, but I don't know. There might have been three, but I, I, it's, I've, it's been a long time since I interacted. Well, I'm glad you chose professional broadcasting over that. I, I actually, I thought I was going to be I'm, a writer, and I, I ended uh, up a I'm sports glad you fell into professional I, broadcasting. That over is that. what happened. That's why I need tips. I didn't. I, I mean, I didn't go to the broadcasting school where they teach you how to talk. I mean, no one really taught me how. To, I went to Mississippi State. We, like, yeah, but that's a good. That's if a good if school. it's free, it's me. That's how I ended up there. Like, <laughs> there but. you go. That's how, that's how you end up playing sports for a living. Uh, a lot of people. All right, we've got to get to who do we have today? I believe it's Dan. I believe it's Lawrence. It's Dan and Lawrence, and we'll talk to them next. Thank you, Brandon, for nodding your head. Molly and Hall. We got Marshall Harris on the score. How powerful is Cox Internet? 
powerful enough to let your band members in Vegas, Phoenix, and Rhode Island jam like you're all in the same garage. Get Cox Internet powered by fiber with America's fastest download speeds. It's Internet built for tomorrow, today. Cox, always building better. Cox Internet is connected to the premises via coaxial connection. Speeds vary and are not guaranteed. Cox terms and other restrictions may apply. Analysis by Ookla speed test intelligence data. Fixed median download speeds. USQ3 2023. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. We all agree that reducing carbon emissions is a good thing. And once again, Toyota is leading the way. We hear a lot about fully electric vehicles, and Toyota has them, with more coming in. But we also know a BEV is not for everyone, whether it's because of cost, range, or concern about finding a charging station when you need it. Plus, the raw materials used to manufacture batteries are limited. Enter Beyond Zero, Toyota's vision for a carbon-neutral future in vehicles, and in manufacturing plants, too, in the years ahead. The materials used to make just one long-range battery for an EV could be used to make batteries for six plug-in hybrids or 90 gas-electric hybrids. That's why Toyota's position today is electrified, diversified, empowering you to choose how to reduce your own carbon footprint with the vehicle that's right for you, a hybrid, plug-in hybrid, or battery EV. So shop, learn more, and get details at toyota.com slash beyond zero. Toyota, let's go places.